Welcome to episode 17 of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Um, this week we're going to be talking about some anime and Studio Ghibli films with, uh, for the first time, multiple guests. Kelsey Moser, Julia McPherson, and Hope Bell, formerly Hope Larson. And so we'll introduce them in a moment here, but uh, I just want to start off by uh, warning people who are fans, or maybe haven't, or maybe if you are wanting to see these movies, uh, there likely will be spoilers as we talk about them. And knowing who I've brought into uh, uh, the studio for this, uh, there could be some coarse language, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so just a warning ahead of time here on that. <laughs> they're all, you cannot see this because this is a podcast and it's audio, but they're all reacting to that. Uh, uh, idea that there would be some swearing in the, in the podcast. So, just before we get into talking about uh, Studio Ghibli films, uh, I want to encourage you to check out some other podcasts, friends of the show. Uh, one I mentioned a lot, uh, my friend Larry Parsons' show, Rank and Review, a horror-based movie podcast, and he has me on as a guest on a regular basis. And the other one was uh, last, last show's guest, uh, Kurt Fitzpatrick, with uh, A Lifetime of Hallmark, his uh, podcast where he and a couple of friends review uh, Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies. So I'm going to start off by saying that, Julia, we, we were supposed to record this a few weeks ago, and if that had happened, you would have had the record for being the farthest away of anybody recording a podcast. But because you're back in... Uh, Back here in Canada, uh, you uh, you don't have that honor. And hope you're pretty close because you are in Portland, Oregon, or yep. is it outside Portland? Yeah. So I think my last guest is just a little bit farther away in uh, in Jersey City, New Jersey, and that's uh, Kurt Fitzpatrick. So Julia, very. I was gonna say I am. Japan. I am gutted to have that honor ripped <laughs> away from me, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's my fault too because I had I had to cancel because of a family event. Uh, we go uh, one at a time with each of you. You say how how we met and what what your your friendship and your time with me has meant to you. And starting off with the person who is uh, I. I, I think has known me the longest would be Kelty. And I taught you in high school, but I also taught you as a substitute teacher for many, many years. Uh, yes. So my first memory of you is in, I forget if it was, it was probably grade nine drama. And I mm -hmm. had climbed up into the tech booth at Bowman and you have to get up and down there with a ladder and I'm good with going up ladders, but when it comes to going down ladders, I'm not confident you had to talk me down from the ladder because I could, I, I was just convinced I was going to fall. Yeah. And I think I had you for media studies too. And then other than that, just, um, you know, directed a couple plays I was in. Did we, I never got to direct you though. I got to direct Tom. Yeah. I don't think you got to, no. Oh. No, we have to make that happen someday. Girls to the I'm, Rescue? I'm Weren't you the king? No, that was Tom. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Was, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I've, it's always been like, you know, it's, it's, it's always cool to me, like you and Tom, like kind of knowing you as teachers and then like knowing you as like human beings after and then like being a teacher myself now, like I always really enjoy like getting together with you guys and just talking about all the things that go along with drama and teaching now. So like that's yeah, always fun. Yeah. yeah. And you're grade five, it's five and six, right? Five, six this year. Yep. Yeah. I've yeah. Uh, kind of gone between four, five and six. Uh, some years I've taught all three, some years I've taught just two. Haven't gotten to that one class, one grade yet. <laughs> but yeah. 
Hopefully someday. Time, time for sure. We'll have one curriculum. Uh, it's funny mentioning coming down from the ladder at Castle Theater. I, if I had a dollar for every time I had to talk somebody down, you maybe have been one of the first I was, people I was, that I had to. I, do that. I claim first. I claim first dollar though. So yeah, <laughs> first dollar. But yeah. I don't know if I could retire, but I could definitely get a, a good cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And then I think I would have met Hope next. And Hope, you are the only person here that I didn't teach. It's true. Just directed. Yeah, yeah I directed you, and uh, I did. I, I actually cast you in a play without ever meeting you. Yeah, that was an interesting choice by you. Happy it worked out. <laughs> it worked out really well. Yeah, it worked out. That's good. <laughs> this yeah. time. Yeah, we met in what, 2008, I think it was? Girls to the Rescue. That was no, a, no. That's a classic, my very first Fringe. Here we are, what, how many years ago was that? So yeah, 12, 12 years. years. More than 12 years now because yeah, we're yeah. what could have been the Fringe for 2020, but no. I think this is the yeah. 13th, like the 13th. <laughs> year because like I've been out of fringe for two years mm. and I did 11 years mm -hmm. in a row yep Wow. Yeah, you had a long run, Kelsey, with the, the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've missed having you involved for sure. But so sorry, that was 2008, right? Yeah. So then Julia, yeah, I met your brother first, of course, but uh yes. yeah, you showed up in grade nine. I remember that would been that was two thousand nine I started. So yeah, yeah. That's, so I was trying to do the mental yeah. math there. Um, I definitely started grade nine in two thousand nine. And you jumped into that tech Crew. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually so I did not meet you. I didn't actually have a class with you, I think until 12th grade, and then you were stuck with me for like three periods a day. But yeah, ninth grade, I was sort of dragged along to a tech crew meeting. And I'm very, very glad that I was and me did too. tech for a couple of years and then started auditioning for shows. So and you you cast me in a couple of those without having taught me, but having uh, worked with me on the tech crew. Well, in, in those cases, I did make you audition because it was the school show was there. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, only only Hope has the honor of not having to <laughs> I did, show that up was the so audition. Wild still, it's still a wild thing to me that that happened. Kelsey, did I make you audition to play God? I definitely auditioned. Oh my God, I can't I think Kelsey I did. I don't think I auditioned for that. even talk about how you got me to play God. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I don't, I must have had, no, no, I definitely auditioned for that, um, like for the in-between, but I don't know if that was, like, I, I don't, because because you only see the little, like the short scenes, right, that you're mm -hmm. auditioning with, so I don't know if God was there or if I was like, if the part of God was written for me, which like, if you haven't told me that, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, it was a typecast. Oh, Kelsey's typecast is God, and I'm typecast as the ditz. What a great life we live in. I mean, just, you know what? I'm typecast as a troll, so That's you're true. doing so okay. Sorry. Yeah, so How sorry about that. I cast you as Julia. Sorry? How many times did How I many? cast you as a troll? Was it just Three. the one? Uh, you, you at least once. Jason, I don't know if you ever did. Tom's cast me as a troll, I think, twice. Yeah. I made you so do troll voices to preschoolers once. Also that, yes. I have a I have a go-to troll voice because of you guys and uh shadow players. So thanks for that. What do you want us to do about it? It's a great skill. I, I remember like Julia, you played some princesses, I think, along the way, a little bit more in like a Yeah, well um a princess in uh, Once Upon a Mattress, you're Kind oh, of, yeah, I was a lady of the court. That's yeah, true. And yeah. I was, I think, a lady in waiting and something else. Yeah. But not a lady of the night. No, not a lady of the night. And I mean, like, after I, that's after, after, much after high school, I got a job playing 
actual princesses at bar at parties. So you know, it's all it's all one big like stream of princess, then troll, then princess, then troll, then you know, that's my entire acting life. I, I think I like to take the long time people and shadow players and have them write down a type of role they've never had before, and ah. then so that everybody gets a chance to do something that they haven't had a chance to do. Because I like to that's do that. Interesting. Yeah. I will say, I up up until I think twelfth grade, I had never played a villain. And then, did you direct Cinderella, mm -hmm. or was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did that get. I got to be the wicked stepmother, and that was fun. Yeah, you were because I think you played semi nice characters throughout in the yeah. high school shows. So I, I wanted to give you something that was a little bit uh, nastier. Uh, Shoot an opportunity to chew on some scenery. It was fun. Yeah. On to Studio Ghibli. Yes. Uh, so this idea came from a post, Julia, you had on Facebook asking people what their favorite Studio Ghibli film was. And then in the chat, I was sort of, well, why don't we talk about those in my podcast? Because I'd acquired digital versions of six movies. They were all in director. So Hail Mizazaki is who we're talking about. Okay, just really you quickly. We got to fix Hi how you say it. Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. Nope. So close. Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao. Miyazaki. Yeah, there you go. It's a blend of an A and an O sound. Hayo Miyazaki. Okay, you'll be correcting me also. Obviously, these movies mean something to all three of you. So, what is it about them that you that you like? Let's go reverse of what we did before. Let's let's go, Julia first. How long do you have? I so I think. Favorite thing. My favorite thing about. Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki's movie in particular is the way that he tells stories that there's always kind of a recurring theme of no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad the situation that you're in is, there's always something beautiful that you can find. And there's always like a just a reason to keep living. And I think that's really, really special. Yeah, I mean, Miyazaki himself is... A big inspiration for me personally. I find his take on friendship really beautiful. And I grew up watching these with my best friend. We have a huge bond over these movies specifically. So I really like how he empowers all of the women and just that they, they don't need a hero to save them. They need a friend. And that's kind of the huge overlaying message a lot of the time. And I just love it. And the nature aspect is super cool. Miyazaki's just... Such a cool dude. Kelsey, what's your favorite thing about Studio Ghibli? So I really love, I mean, a lot of what Julia and Hope said, like I love the kick-ass lady characters. I love the way that they portray like that, like love is not always a rom there's always a love story in his films, but it's not always a romantic love, which I think is really cool. Like you don't see that in so many films that like so many films we show to kids are like there's there's a love interest, right? We really start pushing that on them right away. I love that there's there's always like a sense of even if it's based in kind of the real world like there are more fantastical worlds but they're always rooted in like there's always a sense of whimsy and magic when it's based in the real world and when it's a more fanciful setting it's a connect there's always a connection to our world and which I already I really love I know I've been able to connect I, I uh, had a student last year or the year before and I remember finding an acorn in my classroom just randomly and I said oh maybe there's a Totoro in here and he like one of the kids just turned around and he goes my sister loves that movie and it was just a really neat like I don't know like 
I it reminded me of something magical in the like in the everyday world that I saw and it was kind of cool to see that he it was there for him too and then I also just really like that um the uh antagonist is not is somebody who's usually really relatable they're so human right mm-hmm. like you understand where they're coming from they're not whole like it's not this black and white world which again is shown in a lot of kids media that isn't a reality in a lot of situations we see everyone's the good guy in their own story right I think that's really cool he does it in such a fantastic way yeah I I wanted to sort of hop in with this because the the idea that while there are people that are maybe working in opposition to the protagonist of the story Mm -hmm. nobody in Miyazaki's films is ever evil for the sake of evil they're Mm -hmm. always like you said fully formed real human beings or real beings that Mm -hmm have motivations and reasons for what they do and reasons for the way that they see the world that make sense and make them like fully three-dimensional. And there, like, there's really only one that kind of pops into, but even that, like, even ones that are more self-serving, mm-hmm. they're not unlikable. They're like, they're, <laughs> they're like, I enjoy them so much. They're just fun, mm-hmm. which is, which is good, right? Like I'm always entertained by them. So I, I didn't have the benefit of growing up with these movies. I think I saw, I am not sure how old I was, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. But that that was the only one I saw when I was kind of in some version of a childhood. A lot of these I've discovered later in life. I think the only one I saw in the movie theater was Princess Mononoke. And even one of these, it was the first pass at, uh, at Pono. I think the three of you are going to be the guides leading me this time as opposed to some cases I'm leading people through uh, the movie world as as both of you well know with a lot of being in my classes, I would mention movie stuff and be right over their head. So uh, I'll just introduce the films that we're going to be talking about. My Neighbor Totoro from 1988. And then we're going to go to uh, Kiki's Delivery Service from 1989. Then we're going to jump to 1997 with Princess Mononoke. 2001 Spirited Away, that was an Oscar-winning film, and that's when Disney Pixar kind of connected with Studio Ghibli, started to get bigger audiences for the films, maybe for good or for bad, we can talk about that. And then we're going to go to Howl's Moving Castle, and we're going to finish off with Pono. Pono. Are you off to meet your dad at the bus stop? Yes, he forgot his umbrella. It's okay, May. He'll be here soon.
my neighbor Totoro is about two young girls uh, who move into a house in the country with their father to be closer to their hospitalized mother. Uh, Suzuki and May discover that the nearby forest is inhabited by magical creatures, Totoros. Uh, they soon uh, befriend these Totoros and have several magical adventures. You. Uh, think about this film. Okay, I'm gonna start this off and say, I will only recognize the Fox dub. I will not recognize the Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning dub of this movie. It doesn't exist. Moving on. I, I, I didn't say that in the introduction, <laughs> but I, I think all of these movies are best seen, even though you have subtitles in Japanese. Mm. One of them I had to watch in English and and it tainted the experience for me. There are definitely like variations on, I, I can, I've come to a point where I can watch all of them dubbed and not cringe most of the time. But yeah, the, the Disney dub of Totoro is particularly grating. Mm -hmm. Having, having seen it in the original Japanese. Yeah. And I grew up watching it in English dub because, I mean, I was a three or yeah. four year old kid, so I couldn't read yeah. it. So I think that definitely is a bias for me that I like the English dubs. Well, <laughs> and Totoro was my very first uh, Ghibli mm -hmm. movie. Like, that's, I actually me too. remember. Um, yeah, I, re I remember mm -hmm. going over to a friend's house and her popping in this movie and just being blown away. And I think for the longest time I couldn't, cause, you know, how you don't necessarily remember titles when you're little. I mm -hmm. could not remember the title and I was so sad and I just remember it was like magic when I found it at the video store when like the when it popped out at me and I recognized it I was like I mm -hmm. found it I found it again and I actually I'm lucky enough I I, I was able to get a copy of the fox uh nice. and it's just I agree like I, I it's it's the little things it's the little dubs mm. that they changed in the mm -hmm. Disney version that just make me so happy in the fox. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will say just the the versions I've watched have always happened to be the the dubs. I've actually I so I don't know if I'm there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely no, no. nothing wrong with that. Well and no, no. If, if they are targeting they aren't all they aren't I, and I'm not I would argue some of these are not really for children. There are there are it almost feels like half or maybe four out of six are yeah. for children and mm -hmm. then there are other ones that are for older audiences or maybe you could get some teenagers interested in them Absolutely. Yeah. but for the ones that where they are targeting families and children you're right mm -hmm. if you're three years old in canada probably putting on the japanese version when you can't read yeah it's a, it's a little you, you miss mm -hmm. bits of the story definitely yeah. mm -hmm. um there's something to be said too for having audio input in your own language, especially at, as mm -hmm. like even if you even if you do start reading very young and you can read fast enough to keep up with subtitles, there's I think something of a disconnect because at that age you might spend more time and more attention reading than actually sort of immersing yourself in the story. So and the the visual is so important for oh, Ghibli. So stunning. Like, yeah. Well, and that's yeah. actually like so many of my notes, like for all of them, were just how beautiful these films are. Mm -hmm. And I am one. If I'm reading subtitles. I'm taken out of that mood. I'm, I'm taken out of the moment. And I enjoy those moments mm. so much. That's just why the dubs have worked for mm -hmm. me. And like, absolutely yeah. fair. Yeah. There's probably watch the subs. There are or the, subs at some point but yeah there's yeah. definitely like there's some elitism in like mm -hmm. anime communities oh, in yeah. general about the su like 
subs are always better. I, I wouldn't say that they are always necessarily better for every person, you know? Like, no. I have, having seen every single one of these movies, both the dubbed version and in Japanese with subtitles, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that either is inferior by any stretch. It's all about preference. Well, and it's the teacher in me. I'm like, whatever makes you, whatever allows it to <laughs> impact you the most. That's how you should. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And oh. once you've experienced it in the way that impacts you the most, go and try out the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll never know until you try it. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for a moment. One is kind of a superficial thing. And then the other one is something that Steven Spielberg said. I, mm-hmm. He said this and he said, no offense to writers when I say this, but, and it goes for any movie animated or otherwise, but if it's been well-directed, you should be able to turn the volume off, watch the movie and still understand the story without mm-hmm. hearing the dialogue. And I, I feel like this it would be an interesting experiment. And I think it would be a successful experiment just watching the movie without any sound and just watching the beauty as, as you've described it. Or but this is a fun experiment. Watch the movie and watch the movie in Japanese with no subtitles. <laughs> I yes. did that once. It was yeah. difficult. I, I'd like to try that actually. I'd like to yeah, try that. It's, yeah. it's interesting how much is conveyed through the visuals and also through like tone of voice as opposed to the actual words that are being said. Yeah. However, yeah. the the words that are being said in general are like very eloquent and beautifully phrased. So that's and you can't miss the music. It's so good. No, also, yes, you do if you take out, out, yeah, I was like, don't talk to Julia about that. There music. is, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, I think there is actually a fundamental piece of these movies missing without the soundtrack. So, for a little bit of background, the soundtracks to all six of these movies and most of Miyazaki's Ghibli movies uh, were all composed by Joe Hisaishi, who is quite possibly my favorite composer ever because of his work on these films. I've like branched out and listened to a lot more of his stuff, but I think he is an absolute master at tone setting through music and conveying the emotion of a scene. Mm. Again, like like you said, without there being any dialogue, it's the music can be extremely impactful. And I think he's a genius. Anyway. Wouldn't it be cool if you could take out like... The dialogue, the experience, the music. Yeah. Yes. That'd be cool. I'd love that to try. Just the visuals and the music alone, that would be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I think it, I think you would still be able to get the story. The the other piece I I would say, and I was going to save it for the review of Howl's Moving Castle, because that's the one that I watched in English. I find the American celebrity voices distracting. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, I you know so how I, I get around that. I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not able to recognize a lot of actors by their voices. It's really hard yeah. to not hear Batman when you hear Howl sometimes. So it's just like, oh, there's Batman. What? Yeah, well, he's Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, man. So what is but, the biggest strength of my neighbor Totoro? So I found I saw a lot of my myself in there. Like I, I really related to this story like um just growing up like being young and having a parent in the hospital so like I think that that's why it's a really it feels really personal to me mm-hmm. and like that idea of I don't know like, again just like I said before that finding that you know they're, they're moving because they're trying to be close to their mom right if their mom's sick their mom can't be with them and like still finding that magic in mm-hmm. the world around them amazing mm-hmm. right like I don't know like that's I just I thought that this is one like you can really you can relate to a situation in any of them, right? Like you can relate mm-hmm. to so 
maybe not directly like I mean I'm not going to relate to like finding a little fish girl but like that was a really big connection for me myself you know mm-hmm. yeah I just love it it makes me happy mm-hmm. when she finds yeah. those little dust bunnies. there's a lot of really good one-liners so for me that's <laughs> oh that's one God, of my favorite pups. things yeah golly golly pups and when May is talking about the acorns, she just says, they must like them. And I, the way that she articulates her voices, they capture children so perfectly. It's just, that is exactly yeah. what you would hear a three-year-old say, and that's exactly how she would say it. Mm-hmm. When she gets called a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, baby. Yeah, that's exactly how they would react. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Weaknesses of this movie. I was struggling with this one. The Disney dub. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. No. I'm so like jacked on this. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's like one really petty example of like the Disney dub changing things. So there are the, the tiny little black um, characters who actually come into play in future Ghibli movies. In the original Japanese, the best translation is Soot Sprite. And that's what they call them in the Fox dub. But in the Disney dub, for some bizarre reason, they call them soot gremlins, which just evokes a completely different mental Gremlin imagery and like feeling towards them. It's unacceptable. Yes. It's just I mean, one of those little linguistic things. Like gremlins. I would say their father is a little absent at times, which is frustrating. That was, I don't know. That's a dumb gripe. Like he loses his daughter for half a day. She's three. That's a little wild. That's. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there's are wandering around on their own a lot. There's that other a lot. The other woman who uh the older women older people have a, a lot of meaning, I think, in these these films mm-hmm. and are, I think that's pretty cultural too. It mm-hmm. is a cultural piece in there. As a cultural thing too, in Japan, from what I observed fairly recently having lived there, children are actually given a lot more Mm -hmm. sort of freedom and leeway to do things like wander, especially in more rural areas. There's kind of this sense that they are expected to be responsible for themselves, especially if they have, say, an older sibling that is with them or is nearby. Like, there's a lot less of the maybe helicopter parenting style than we see in the Western world. That's just a little observation that, like, Again, when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, she's been gone a long time. But then now I'm like, hey, that oh, that'll happen to me quite for sure. Far-fetched. Yeah. And it's something to pay attention to. Like we probably project different values on films, international films. And totally. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's a great observation. And maybe an observation connected to because this happens a lot in some of the other movies with children because they're going on their own adventures mm-hmm. and the adults are there mm-hmm. not really looking over their shoulder like uh, would mm-hmm. probably happen yeah. in the American uh, yeah. portrayal of the parent. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll add something to this film uh, just because you guys, it's this is interesting because this was both of your introduction to Ghibli. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually not see too. My Neighbor until I was in high school. So it was not... Yeah, I know, right? It's very strange considering it's kind of the flagship and like Totoro is actually the mascot of Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just one that somehow like slipped past. I Because, you know, this was before streaming was really, really popular. And I 
just never, it was never, the opportunity to see it never presented itself until I was in high school and uh, in Japanese class, we watched it. So Kuro has slightly less, I think, nostalgic significance for me because Mm -hmm. I didn't see it as a child. It is still a fabulous movie. It is still a magical, magical creation, but it doesn't have quite the nostalgia kick that some of the other ones do for me. Mm-hmm. And, and this one's very nostalgic of of a certain group of and mm-hmm. the ones that I think are 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 better for whole, the whole family and younger children can see this movie mm-hmm. and uh, it would be a good one. Yeah, this one I, yeah. I I feel like my points total are influenced on this one a little bit with that nostalgia piece uh, in a different way than some of the others I discovered in my 30s and 40s. It's a totally different experience uh, seeing these for the first time at, at, at that time. Uh, anything else anybody wants to say about uh, my neighbor Totoro? Um, the fact that the bu- the cat bus says next stop little sister is one of my favorite things so, that makes me smile. So good. The cat bus just as a character is amazing. Yeah. The fact that it's not just like a bus, it's a cat bus. And the little mice. That just makes me so happy. So this is a fun fact that is just randomly in my brain and out there. All of the characters in My Neighbor Totoro, one of the conditions of translating it to English was that all the character names would be kept the same. Uh, And I think that is actually the deal with all Studio Ghibli movies. And I think there's a reason for it. And it has to do with something else that we might get into later. But the interesting thing is the only character that they, whose name they allowed to change was the cat bus. Because in Japanese, of course, it's the Neko bus. Neko means cat. They were like, yeah, of course, that is acceptable. Change that. So that so that English-speaking children have the same like connection to its name. And I was like, mm. that's really cute and reasonable. But it's the only name that they were allowed to change. The oh. only one. Kappa, so special. Kappa, yeah. so special. <laughs> and we are cat people. And I think when we get to talking about Spirited Away, I think that cat bus was almost like a, the, the start of what could be some of these fantastic creatures that are later developed in, in movies like Spirited Away. Mm.
We now move to 1989. This is pretty much a year later that they released Kiki's Delivery Service. So it's a story of a young witch named Kiki who's now turned 13 years old and she's still a little green and she's fairly headstrong, but she's a resourceful, imaginative, and uh, determined young witch. And with her trusty wisp of a talking cat named Gigi by her side, she's ready to take on the world, at least uh, this particular seaside village that she's living in, where she has chosen to live as her new home. I, I've watched this one a lot and I really, really enjoy Kiki's delivery service. I, I, I tend to use the word cute a lot with these mm -hmm. films. It's really <laughs> a cute film. It's um, so cute. One of my favorite, it's one of my favorite protagonists in, uh, in these series of movies. I think the protagonist might be better than the overall film. The thing that I maybe left away, left a little bit less satisfied with is the ending of the film. So take all that in and discuss and discuss what, what are the strengths and maybe what you see are the weaknesses of this film. There's weaknesses? What are they? I'm just kidding. It's a great movie. <laughs> Do you want to go so first? It's not really, yeah. Oh, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey go, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Well, I was... I, the only thing I was going to say, so like Julia, you were talking about how like Totoro doesn't have that nostalgic like feeling for you. I, yeah. I, I think Kiki yeah. was the last one I saw and it's, mm. it's the, it's, 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 a, it's a really sweet, cute film. I, um, I'm really excited to show it to my cousin's kids. Like that's actually like, that's another love I have in my heart for this series. I, I got my cousin's kids into it. So now like she'll always text me when they're watching it. So like sweet. only a, an hour away <laughs> from home, but it's just kind of a nice little connection. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't Aww. see them very often, especially now that the, you know, visiting is not as easy. I really like the whole, it's not when I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm in a Ghibli mood. It's just not one that comes to mind. It's really sweet. It's really cute. I love Gigi. Like, mm -hmm. that still heart, man. Is like when he yeah. talks about liking pancakes, like that. I sent you a TikTok ho of like the pan you I did. like pancakes, though. <laughs> well, I like pancakes. <laughs> I really like the idea that sometimes that that whole I, I I read oh it was a post and I'm like yeah that's why I like Kiki. I just don't go for it a whole lot. Is uh that whole idea that sometimes you have to even though you love something you'll you, sometimes you need to leave it for a while and come back to it and like that's where <laughs> like something amazing is gonna happen that, that whole idea of like if you focus so much on some, like you need to give yourself a break from mm -hmm. something you love sometimes mm -hmm. and that's okay like I really I like that I appreciate that I think that we don't talk about that enough that you don't have to <laughs> constantly do the thing you love yeah I don't know. it's true yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like this is not one that like I, I watch I watch it I enjoy it it's so sweet but it's just not one that pops to mind instantly when I think of, or it pops to mind when I think of Ghibli it's just if when I'm in a Ghibli mood I don't always grab it mm. you know yeah so this is it's funny I actually watched Kiki's delivery service I like yesterday <laughs> Not even in preparation for this, just because I was, like you said, in a Ghibli mood. And it was the one I hadn't seen uh, quite as recently as some of the other ones. And uh, one of the things I really love about it is the kind of idea of just like 
figuring things out as you go. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like running through the whole story is that Kiki doesn't really know what I mean, she's only 13. She doesn't really know what she's doing. But she's bound and determined to take things as they come and to figure things out as she goes. And I always found that like kind of inspiring as a mm-hmm. as a person, because I was like, that's a really great way to to handle challenges and to go about living your life is like, well, I may not know exactly what I'm doing, but it's going to be an adventure and I'm going to figure it out when I get there. And I, I like that about it. And she's always excited. She's always excited about the adventure. It's never an intimidating thing for her. She's always like excited that she's about to learn something new and gain new experiences. Mm -hmm. I need to channel my Kiki, my Kiki, as I teach. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were all a little bit more like Kiki, I think the world would be a better, kinder place to live. Mm -hmm. Different confidence. You make your mistakes. You just brush them off and keep going. I mean, the crisis point is there. And there's points when she is sad and when she is quite down in this Yeah. So it's not like she's always like the sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah, Um, she's not invincible. Very realistic. Very endearing character. A great creation. Her rapport with Gigi is also fantastic. So good. (laughs) Phil Phil Hartman. Phil... Is it Harmon or Hartman? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yes, he did the voice. Yeah, yeah, he's he, so fantastic. He was great. He he did die. His tongue. Yeah, he died his quite tongue. soon after the film was released. Aww. I think actually. Yeah, he was a very talented comedic actor. Mm-hmm. I forgot again. I, I almost all of these I, I I watched in Japanese. So uh, mm-hmm. I he was uh, the voice in the. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's great. He's so sassy. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just was, like yeah. his tone of mocking too, mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's slightly yeah, nasally. I really like that Kiki mm-hmm. trusts in herself too. Yeah. It's not even that she just believes in herself, she just trusts that she can do it and then she goes for it. There's not a lot of hesitation with her, which is so mm-hmm. cool and very unlike a lot of 13 year old girls. So that was always inspiring growing up. Yeah, everything is intimidating typically. And she's very interesting in the way that she approaches things so differently than Mm -hmm. us Western girls. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's called something, but. (laughs) No, there are definitely some very, very shy and withdrawn Japanese teenager girls too. Yeah, yeah. Also, Tombo is so great in this movie. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Tombo is very cute. and so cute. He does fall really well into that role, though, of where uh, you're talking earlier about the heroines will never need someone to save them. Like, it's not a it's not Mm -hmm. a, you know, a male savior role. He just so desperately wants to be her friend. And he's so interested in what she does. He just thinks that she's so interesting and wants to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy his approach to trying to get to know her and his random interest in witches because he's never seen one, even though though they're normal in this world. It's funny how atypical a witch is in this town. Yeah. There's something so genuine, too, about the way that the character of Tombo is written. Like, everything Mm. he does is just so sincere. It's very enduring. Yeah, it's a character. He's a character that I don't think would be capable of lying. You know, like I, there's not a dishonest no nope. pixel in his body. <laughs> yeah. You, you said if everybody was like Kiki, then the world would be a better place. I think if every boy and man <laughs> was like Combo, then it would be a, a much yeah. better mm-hmm. place. 
So just we could all stand to yeah, take yeah. a few leaves out of each of their books, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can we just also a shout out to Bartha? Bartha, the old lady, <laughs> not the yes. one who, not the one who owns yes. the house. Yeah, not the one who owns the house with the blue roof, but yeah. the maid. Oh my God, she's the best character in the so movie. Funny. Yes, she oh. finds thrill in other people's uh, disaster, <laughs> I guess. When the blimp is going down and she's like cheering on the TV, I just yeah. cry. She's a yeah. dark, dark queen. Well, and that's like, right. Miyazaki has a real talent for taking, like you said earlier, Jason, these characters that could very easily be completely unmemorable background characters. And he makes them real and he makes us yes. care about them in mm. such an unbelievable way. But no, this is there's a lot more than this is we already did a general shout out for the music but i really want to do a shout out for the music in uh, this is one where the flying scenes are fantastic and just a sweeping score which is absolutely perfect for this movie it doesn't feel like too much at any point mm -hmm. when, when i said at the end i don't know how all you feel about it it seems like it just the movie just sort of ends there's no real resolution and it's i i don't know if i need another five minutes of it but i I felt like it just stopped, and I don't mm -hmm. know, if kind of wanting, leaving me wanting more. If that's a good thing, but whether it's a fair criticism mm -hmm. of it or not, but that 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 was the only point I meant with it. The ending being a little bit weaker than the rest of the film, for sure. Yeah, that's and it's that's actually an interesting thing because it's a theme kind of that I notice in a lot of Miyazaki's films is that the end of the film is not necessarily the end of the story. Yeah, like there's a lot always... of open, open true interpretation for the viewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we, it, like, there's this fundamental kind of, like, I fully believe that the stories of these characters continue and go on and there is more to their stories and their lives. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I see what you mean about that being kind of unsatisfying. But on the other hand, I think it's really fascinating as a technique. And for me, I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. as an end to a story but not really the end of the story i know that they don't really like or you know you know that the end of the film is not the end of the story like really mm -hmm. now that i think about it the only one that you could kind of say that is totoro and it's only because the little comics at the end like they see that you see little snapshots and you don't you don't even get to see the full thing right like that's, yeah i like that i like yeah yeah, yeah. there's always it could have a sequel yeah, it could have yeah. a sequel, but it doesn't need it. Like the story is still it. complete without it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. a very few sequels add to yeah, it. Yeah, great. Yeah, diminishing returns. And with animation, I'm glad they've never done this because yeah, Pixar and like all of the studios mm -hmm. have lots of sequels, and they're doing more sequels now than originals. Do you know so why? Bad. Because Hayao Miyazaki understands that a sequel will never be as satisfying as the original. And so mm -hmm. he's like, no, we don't need to do that. We're not going to do that. We'll just make a, a better brilliant movie. man. Yeah. I'll just make a, diff a completely different story that is equally amazing. But there are, the there are references. There are references to previous films in yeah. a lot of his movies, which is really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Soot Sprites, for example. They're so cute. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> I love them. Um, One, and this is a very minor thing, but as far as like, narrative 
structure, there's always I like there are a lot of things that happen in the story and there are a lot of like specific points and there are some of them that I forget about. And so on rewatching it, I'm always kind of like, oh, I forgot that that happened or I forgot that that was when that happened. So, yeah, I will say I'm I don't know if this is a negative or just me not being good at remembering things. <laughs> But I'm usually surprised by at least one plot point where I'm like, huh, I had forgotten that that was a thing that happened in this film. For, for the ones that I've watched multiple times, for whatever reason, they don't stick with me either. Only one of the movies, and even then there would be big things I would forget. So I, I don't know why that is either, but... But I'm guessing with some of the other ones, you you know everything and you expect everything. But uh, but that's been my experience. But I haven't maybe watched these movies as as much as uh, as probably not. <laughs> Impossible. You probably watched Kiki's more than Kiki more than I have. It's I think like, two or three times. Yeah. This one. Yeah. 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 I oh think my I've god! I think, I think I've watched every single one of these movies at least thirty times. See, my thing is. Time. I'll constantly try and in like convince people to watch them and then they I'll just be like here I'll just I'll watch it with you so I've yeah. like watched these movies with a really huge variety of different people mm -hmm. yeah and just I'm like I'm always down to watch a Ghibli movie so yeah I, yeah I actually had the joy Portland did a movie festival last year and All I got to see us. Every single one of these movies on the list in theaters. Nice. And the three of us got to see to one of them together in Portland. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll get there at the end. It's a great experience. It's something it's completely different to see it yeah. in theaters. I was yeah. blown away. I cried <laughs> in every single one. That's that's a ringing endorsement all of all these movies. わあ、一族の血もまた衰えて。この時に一族の長となるべき若者が西へ旅立つのは定めかもしれぬ。これより太古のままに生きている時。我が名は明日か。東の果てよりこの地へ来た。そんな山犬に心を奪われた哀れな娘。あなたは山の神の森を奪い、光神にしても飽き足らず。その石火屋でさらに新たな恨みと呪いを生み出そうというのか。そんな戦いは野者。この娘の中には。みんな見ろ。これが身
前にあの娘の不幸が癒せるのか耳を貸した人間が荒木場を逃れるために投げて起こした赤子は三だ人間にもなれず弱い犬にもなりきれぬ哀れの醜いかわいい子が娘だ Princess Monoki, when that came out, that was when I started to hear the name Miyazaki as being one of the most important filmmakers in animation and probably one of the most important filmmakers, period.、Um, mm-hmm. And this is, as I said, this was the only one that I have ever seen in theater. I saw it in last run at Rainbow Cinemas. And I saw it and I, I remember liking it, but not loving it. Watching it now at a different time in my life. I was just like, wow, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a theory that just your opinion of a movie can change depending on the time and the place and stage of life. Oh, yeah. The、yes. opening, I would argue this is the best opening of any one of the six films.、Mm-hmm. It, it is a straight up action movie that would rival anything that Hollywood、mm-hmm. could come up with. It is so much more layered and detailed than that. It is truly a fantasy epic. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's grown the most. It's, it's moved up the most.、Uh, when we were discussing these six movies, I thought it might be somewhere in the middle, but it really climbed up for me as, for the points totals. Again, because、mm-hmm. I just had such a great time with it.、Mm-hmm. For some reason, I get a little bit bogged down in the third act, and it's a lot of action. And I still find I have trouble keeping track of all the characters. There's a lot of villains, it seems, in this.、Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that Princess Mononoke, in some ways, isn't really the central character. But, and this is one of the ones where we have, we are seeing the story through a male character's point of view. This is like the only one that yeah. Only, really yeah. focused on a man yet. It's fine.、Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's doable. They have great female characters. Yeah, very I was well. Say, like, they have so many strong ass ladies. Yeah, like all the prison ladies of Irontown.、Um, I was. Ibashi, yeah, but, so like, like one of the interesting things. So yeah.、Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. One of the interesting things is that though this one has a central male protagonist and he's who, the, the character through whose eyes we are seeing the story, almost all of the other important characters are women. There's maybe like two important, two other important male characters other than Ashitaka, and the rest are women. So that's、mm-hmm. it's an interesting kind of、um, counterpoint to what. We see in some of the other films. I didn't mention plot, I don't think. We, we just started talk, talking about it. But so、uh, Ashitaka is protecting his village from、uh, this rampaging boar god, which we discover is a demon. And he's a confident young warrior, but he gets stricken by this deadly curse. Save his life, he has to journey to the forests of the West, and he gets embroiled in this campaign that、uh, humans are waging on the forest. Very big environmental message、uh, connected to this film. And、uh, the ambitious Lady Iboshi and her loyal clan use their guns against the gods of the forest, and a brave young woman, Princess Mononoke. Uh, the title character, who was raised by a wolf god. Ashitaki sees the, go-、uh, the good in both sides of the war and the dispute, tries to stem the flood of blood, but he's met by animosity by both sides as they see him as supporting the enemy for each camp. And this is one I'd say is not for children. They bring the、nope. red, they bring the blood,、oh, yeah. the violence. They fly on. Yeah, my, my, my boy. My boy Ashitaka takes off some limbs. 
It gets wild with yes. nothing with nothing like, but a bow and some arrows. It's just it's so great. Like it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's almost it's comical. Like the first time I yeah. saw, I'm like I can't believe I'm actually seeing limbs flying off, and I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh or if I'm just supposed to get that like his demon arm is that powerful. But yeah. holy shit, yeah. the first time I saw it, I'm like <laughs> every time I show this movie to people who haven't who have seen other Ghibli movies but like, haven't seen this movie. That's the moment that they realized this is not what they this thought is they not signed for up children. for. Yeah, they thought they signed up for a very different experience than what they're about to get. And it's going to be good, though. Because, but their yeah, faces are just, yeah. that just happened in a Ghibli show. movie? Yeah, the yeah. cousin's kids who I showed, like, uh, Totoro and Ponyo to, to, I had to tell her, I'm like, okay, so, like, watch the other ones. Don't show them Mononoke. That's mm -hmm. a, not yet. Gotta be a little old. Eventually. Do, oh, but do not eventually yet. show it, but not yeah. yet. I, I, I do feel like 12-year-olds yeah. is top, and this is probably the one that I hate to I hate to stereotype and generalize. Uh, so forgive me for this, but this is the one where you can bring the bring the dudes in. Like yeah. <laughs> they're gonna like this yeah. probably among the six, maybe the most of the six. Yeah. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I agree. No, for sure. But it's got it's got yeah. that high it's it's the it's got that. Like you say, that really, it's high energy. It's action-packed, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of um, down, like, there it are beautiful, it, chill moments. There are beautiful moments like that, but yeah. they're not. It's not as, like, slice different. of life. I don't know how else no. to yeah. describe it. It doesn't it's have not, the not mundane all. moments of, like, right. getting the toast out of the toaster and sneaking <laughs> down the stairs to the bathroom and right. kiki. Like, you know, it doesn't yeah. have those yeah. comical-type moments. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. Oh, no, no, you go. No, I was just going to say, like, I love even just like right off the bat, like it just hooks you in. And like I don't know, the thing that I always it if I haven't seen it for a while, it always like takes me by surprise. But like that because we, we we've talked about like how amazing the music is and like oh. how well they use that, how well they use music, like, like how amazing they are at it. The fact that at the very beginning where he goes to the guardhouse and then the music goes away is mm -hmm. so powerful and uncomfortable. And like that to me is like the coolest thing, how by taking out mm -hmm. something that like we just expect in the background of movies so much, like yeah. it's just the most powerful, uncomfortable thing. It's like, unsettling. Happening. It's so yeah. unsettling. And you know this. But is yeah, like masterful use of silences. Yes. Yeah. Can I can I straight up show my hand about this film? Mm -hmm. This is this is my not just my favorite Studio Ghibli film, not just my favorite Miyazaki film. This is my favorite film of all time. Okay. Like, straight straight up right there. Mm -hmm. I think Princess Mononoke is the most like impactful film. It's I I think it's. This was probably the first time that I saw a movie and at the end of the movie, I felt like I had like a transformative experience. I felt like I was a different person walking mm -hmm. away from this film than I had been going into it in like the best possible way. That, that's high, high praise. Yes. So this is yeah. one where you would struggle to find a weakness. Yes, when when you were talking earlier about like negatives to films, I, I'm not sure that I would be able to identify one in this film because it is my favorite film of all time. It's also, interestingly, the first DVD I ever owned, the first film I ever got on DVD. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I was like 14 years old, so just just old enough for the, the more gory bit, but yeah, and it was just like, I think 
I I saw this film at that age and I was like, oh, this this is what storytelling can and should be. This is what like people are capable of creating things that are this beautiful and this meaningful. And I just loved it. Well, and like to me, this is the one where you see the most of that. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's really important, like when you're disagreeing with somebody about something, you try and understand their side, right? This is, yeah. this is like, he's literally like in between these two sides that like are capable of some really amazing things or like Iboshi, right? Like she's, she's the yeah. antagonist. She is, she's against what we're supposed to take away, but she's, she cares so much about her people. Yeah. Right? She's still such a she, good person. She's yeah. still such a good person. And like, she has her the people who work for her like they truly love her because she mm-hmm. loves and she truly loves them like she looks mm-hmm. out for cares for them these are lepers also, I mean, they're lepers yeah yeah and the the women who uh work the bellows in, the, in iron town yeah. yeah she's she took them basically she took them in to iron town after they were seen as second-class citizens because they worked in brothels and basically rich so like lady eboshi is the epitome of like her she is working in opposition in a lot of ways to what ashitaka is working towards but she is fundamentally i'm like i understand her i see why she's doing these things and she's not she's not wrong she's not evil she's just Mm -hmm. on the opposite side of this conflict you know i also yeah, I also really enjoy how, like, you've got, like, you know, industry versus, like, nature, right? And then mm-hmm. yeah. when you, you think about the voices of nature, you know, I think of very soft-spoken and, like, soothing. <laughs> and when you think of industry, you think of, like, really harsh and angry. And, but, like, they flipped it, right? Like, Ibosha, mm-hmm. like, her voice is so, like, melodic and soothing. I'm like, I just want to listen to your t- to you talk. And, and so then, eloquent too. Yes. Yeah. So eloquent. And then you have like it, it's not that like I'm thinking specifically of like Mononoke and then her mother, right? Yeah, Mara. Yeah, it's not that Mara has a really like gravelly like she does have a very like beautiful voice as well, but it's it's yeah. so angry, right? Like it's yeah, it's they flipped it, and I just think that's cool. I don't know if that's just me being weird and picking, but I I enjoy. No, it. it's I, I like that. I, I made a connection. I don't think I've ever really noticed that. I like that. Well, I know in this, in the English dub for this, Lady Eboshi is voiced by Minnie Driver. So that kind of like, Mm -hmm. she puts on a little bit of a, even more of the like high class Mm -hmm. British. And she emotes so well through it. And then Moro, the, the, the wolf god, the mother of Princess Mononoke is voiced by Gillian Anderson, but they've got voice mod worked into it, which is part of the reason I didn't immediately notice that it was Gillian Anderson. Yes. But it's, you're right, it has that, the darkness and the depth and the almost like mm-hmm. guttural kind of like yeah. You're, yeah. It, like yeah. you're you're supposed to be hearing the mm-hmm. voice of a god when she speaks and that's, right. yeah. I think they, they do a really good job of putting that yeah. forward. Also, can like when a Koto like at the end, I'm probably saying that right, wrong, aren't I? Well, Koto, no, nope. I oh, think Koto. That's right. okay. yeah. That freaks me the hell out. Like when he's surrounded by the. Soldiers. I wrote Thor's <gasps> like, creep me the f so, out. It's Kelsey. So I wrote disturbing. that word for word. <laughs> and the, so like the empty, the empty it's eyes. So, yes, the yeah. empty eyes, and like they're not like they're there, but they're not quite there, and it just makes me so sad. Yeah. Right. Like it just. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
I jumped, I jumped all over the place there, but I just love this. I love this film so much. It's, it's so beautiful. It's really high up there for me. Mm-hmm. I like the, I like all the things they have going on. I like. I love the Kodama. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when they're running uh. in the forest, so those are the little forest <laughs> spirits. Yeah, yeah. And and like you, see their, you see their little makey bum. Oh, it's so cute. It's just <laughs> well, so and, cute though. And Ashitaka is carrying the guy on his back, so the little Kodama are running around giving each other piggybacks. Like, oh, oh they're so, so sweet. Oh. This is probably why we like Breath of the Wild so much, is because the Karok. <laughs> you know what i think that might even be part of why i like mononoke so much is that the forest really does remind me of zelda of the zelda I universe. and i grew up i grew up on yeah. those games hardcore so and it's interesting how the forest is a character mm-hmm. like for sure not just in the sense that there is like the side of nature and all of these like fantastical god creatures and sun that are on the side of you know nature and environmental preservation but like the forest itself is a character in this film i would say like because when i saw it in theaters in in 97 or in my early 98 i saw it with the english dub and Mm, yeah celebrity voices and then i've watched in japanese since of the celebrity dubs i think this is probably the best job i agree i agree I haven't listened I, to celebrity dubs, but I didn't find myself taking out of the movie, even though I, I, I knew Gillian Anderson's voice was in there going in, <laughs> and Minnie Driver and these, these great actors Billy Bob in there, but they didn't really, too, uh, didn't really uh, do anything that was too distracting. No, yeah. I agree. So, yeah. I knew it was his voice, but he wasn't over-embellishing it or anything. Right. This this is one that I've seen I probably the same number of times in English versus in Japanese because I, I have like introduced some people to Ghibli through this movie and a couple of them are like, I am open to it, but I think I'd prefer to watch it in English. And it's like, yeah, that's absolutely totally okay because I really do feel like the English dub does not detract from this one in any way. Mm. So Julia, this is a hard question, a really what? hard question because this is your favorite movie. Yeah. I've had a version of my favorite movie, not complicated because it was a director's cut version of it and i mm. like no cut but where i've been challenged as far as finding a weakness in a movie i absolutely love so if you were to stretch your imagination and come up with a weakness <sighs> for princess mononoke what would it be um like i don't know you guys go first come back to me i'll think about it i, I, wish I that- have really been racking my brain trying to think of something i wish the men of iron town were a little bit more redeemable because they're kind of bummers and they don't they don't really redeem themselves at the end either like yeah jigo jigo is straight up useless the whole way through but in a hilarious way but they're still fully fledged characters that bring something to the table right Mm -hmm. because they make the women look better and that's the point and i get that i'm just trying to pick something yeah absolutely fair well i think you want that for any like you want them to they can't all exist like, yeah. you know, like that's, that's, that's yeah. kind of, we cannot have a fully formed character and like every single background character be fully formed. Yeah. Like that's not how it works because that would just take, that's a lot. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, I, um, but it is, it is nice. Like, again, we have so many beautiful, like fully formed characters. It would be nice mm-hmm. to, it's really, I wouldn't take anything out, but I do like, it is like, there's a lot going on and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard saying that because I'm like, it's all really freaking good. Like I wouldn't take it. Like I wouldn't want to take any of it out, but it is like, I think I, I have to, it's, I need to focus fully on it. If I'm going to, when I'm watching it, like Mm -hmm. it's not one that I can like look away and 
just mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm just gonna go put this dish over there. You can't there. be on your I'm phone like, and also watching this. It's not an okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. If I if I absolutely had to criticize something about this movie, which is deeply, deeply difficult for me to do, <laughs> I love it that much. Yeah. There are so so many characters, and I think it can be like I can definitely see how people who have maybe only seen this once or are seeing it for the first time might be confused by how many characters and how many characters with individual and separate storylines. There's also an element of, so it's like the kind of like instigating fact of the conflict aside, like uh, separate from Ashitaka's story, because of course his inciting, inciting action is meeting the demon and being cursed. But like the conflict that is going ongoing in Irontown and the forest is actually started because there's this emperor who we never actually see who mm-hmm. wants to live forever. And so, and someone has, you know, heard the myth that if you cut off the head of the great forest spirit, you will live forever. And so that's like, that's a really huge part of the story as Ashitaka gets to Irontown and starts to understand what's happening there. And it's a part of the story that is not Sorry. like explicit enough if you're if <laughs> for the for the maybe for your first watch through or if you only intend to see the movie once i don't know why anyone would only intend to see this movie once but whatever i'm i'm not everybody <laughs> it, it's one that will get better and better the more times you see it That's, yeah you know i if we were to talk about the these in in 10 years mm-hmm. i might be at a different place with my points yeah for you sure know, yeah. That, you definitely you pick yeah. up on new things every like every single time I watch it I pick up on new things and I think that's a really that's really yes. cool right like you I have yeah. seen this movie probably upwards of 50 times over the last mm-hmm. 10 11 years of my life mm-hmm. and I still feel like every time I see it I see something new or I get something new. like okay so this is this is a thing I was watching it fairly recently but I, when I was still living in Japan and I w- it was I was rewatching it specifically so that we could do this podcast mm-hmm. and something about the very end of the film just like and this hadn't ever happened at the specific moment before but like there was a line and a particular like swell of the music and I just started crying and I don't even like I can't even articulate why it was just like a moment that I had never experienced quite the same way and it it brought me to tears and I was like I've seen this movie 50 times at least and it's still just like hit me absolutely right in the heart. Sorry, I, I'm gonna add one more thing because I the end of this film too was is a good example of like the end of the film is definitely not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And I love how the end of this film isn't like traditionally happy or traditionally sad. Like it's not it's not a happy ending to a movie. It's not a sad, it's just hopeful. Mm-hmm. And there's something mm-hmm. about that that I just I feel like we need more of that in the world. Mm-hmm. The end of this one didn't bother me for whatever reason. Mm, okay. It was just Kiki was the only one where I was just like, well, actually there's one other where I was like, ah, I, I, mm. I don't know how I feel about the end, but this one felt like a, a, a strong ending, an amazing beginning. Uh, I also want to say like the introduction of Princess Mononoke, that's the coolest oh. introduction mm-hmm. to a character in any of these movies. As well. It is the best meet cute of any couple in Hollywood. <laughs> like, when she turns she's around in her face because she's covered in wolf blood. Sucking yeah. poison. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, oh, she's so cool. I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan and I could see a lot of 
I, I don't know. I think Tarantino, in some way, he's been uh, anime has influenced his work a lot. It's particularly mm-hmm. films, but I, I think there's there's an element in there that I'm sure he saw this and he borrowed some things along the way. I can um, see that. I was yeah. every absolutely everyone should see this movie and borrow things from it because it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. I'm, I'm just going to keep overstating how absolutely perfect this movie is because I love it so much. <laughs> There are definitely flaws. I just don't want to see them because I. <laughs> Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always get us lost. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Be here. Get out of here now. What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go. I'll distract them. Mommy! Ah! I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Ah! Come on, wake up. I'm Shizuru. Don't be afraid. I'm Master Haku. No. I just want to help you. No. In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed, <laughs> and sorcerers rule. <laughs> the witch Ibaba controls you by stealing your name. If you completely forget it, you'll never find your way home. Your name belongs to me now. One girl's future depends on her judgment. Aren't you getting wet out there? I'll leave the door open for you. Her courage. It's Haku! He's hurt! Haku! Haku! This way! Her loyalty. Haku helped me before. Now I want to help him. Everyone, I need my shoes and clothes, please. And remembering one thing above all else. I want you to know my real name. It's Chihiro. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Experience a magical movie phenomenon embraced by all the world. Let's go! This fall, prepare to be spirited away. By the time we got to 2001, Spirited Away was an enormous release. John Lasseter got himself connected. I think John Lasseter, as much as people criticize Disney and, and Pixar and monopolizing the industry, John Lasseter cares about great storytelling in anime. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate I've him. always I've always appreciated all of his interviews that I've watched. I think he's a really like authentic person. And I think he brought Spirited Away to uh, a lot of attention. It went to the Toronto International Film Festival, did very well. And it was like the animated movie. It was ever since they started that animated feature category at the Academy Awards, it's pretty much been Pixar every year, an American Hollywood-based animated. Mm -hmm. Some deserving, some maybe a little bit less deserving, you know, uh, a Shrek would would come in there and take Disney's Thunder every <laughs> once in a while, but Dreamworks. it was how to train your dragon. Between oh, how to train your dragon. Sorry, but, 
I think I'd have to look back to see, but there there have been very few international animated movies to win that award, but Spirited Away uh, is Excuse me, Spirited Away is the only, I believe, the only foreign language film to ever win the category. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true, yeah. To date, it is the only one. I tell people this all the time. It's they very exciting. And there are usually one or two in the category that are from outside of the United States states of america or hollywood but but this is the only one that's won and it is it is the one that i was nervous to revisit it because i i loved it so much when i first saw it i thought mm -hmm. this is going to be my favorite and i even stated that and mm -hmm. i thought maybe you know mononoke kind of threw me off because that's so much better than i remembered it being this one i thought well mm -hmm. what if this is worse uh it was not <laughs> it no you couldn't have such a great story and the imagination and the creations and the characters are are just ludicrous i mean you it's it's just for, for the for the senses baby. as far as visually but also the sound you he tops himself and then he tops himself and he tops himself again telling this story about this this family that's moving and they stop for a rest at uh, what looks like this abandoned theme park and it turns out to be this world which is inhabited by spirits and the parents who discovered this kind of this great buffet of food which has been laid out they start eating and eating like pigs and then they literally become pigs before your very eyes and get captured wow. and this girl enters this world to try to save her parents and then ultimately also to try to save herself and it is it is such a fantastic movie I, this is the one i'm going to be gushing about and i it and uh, totoro for whatever reason were the ones i had the hardest time coming up with weaknesses. Also, the, this is probably my favorite music score of all of the six as well. So very deserving Academy Award-winning film. Can I, it's it's the only non-English language film to ever win. It's also the only hand-drawn animation to ever win the category. Just fun fact. Yeah, that's actually really a cool. shame. I mean, yeah, it, obviously. <laughs> to me, but. to this day, I mean, the fact that a movie like The Lion King, that category didn't exist for The Lion King, and mm. you know some of those great hand-drawn animated movies yeah. through uh, the early part of the century, but also through the '90s, that they didn't yeah. really get recognition in that mm -hmm. way. It's but upsetting. Beauty anyway, and the Beast, picture nomination, fun fact. Yeah. which but is pretty incredible. I now Spirited Away might have been in line for something like a foreign language film award or maybe even a best picture nomination. And now that Parasite is one best picture, the doors mm -hmm. international cinema here, but Spirited yeah. Away was definitely in many ways, even though it's kind of probably most commercially successful, I, I, I might, I don't know if that's yes. true or not. I agree. The studio. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. I feel like it's a pioneer in some ways, even though it was into his career as a director. So this is the one I'll gush about. So you you three can bring me down to earth with this one. <laughs> Deal. I won't be able to uh, Highest, highest grossing Japanese. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. I have the page open for this one because I am interested. Highest grossing film in Japanese history. And it overtook Titanic at the Japanese box office, which is saying something. Titanic, for some reason, is they insanely love it. popular in Japan. They Spirit really Away, Spirit nice Away took it out yeah. of its place. And so, in 97, yeah. there was no movie more popular than uh, Titanic for, for <laughs> two years. But that fizzled off, and now people criticize it like crazy. But yeah, and she so what do you think of Spirited Away? 
warranted character. I think that this movie has the most growth in the main character, which is super interesting. She changes yeah. like yes. completely 180 in this movie. It's really mm-hmm. cool to see. I really appreciate how I just experience whenever I watch this such a range of emotions mm-hmm. and like just mm-hmm. ex- like so the most uncomfortable thing for me to watch is being transformed into an animal. Mm-hmm. I, it's the, I've been traumatized by Pinocchio. Like because that. that is the dumbest thing Fair. that they made for kids ever. I watched like, that. I'm sorry. It, off off brand rant. I watched like, that. I guys, actually, I watched it for the first time like two months ago. I hadn't watched no. it since I was a kid. I had to skip. Oh, I skipped it. I was like, I am like, so uncomfortable. Thinking about it too much makes me uncomfortable. So like yeah. that's just like whenever it's something like it, it's not like Harry Potter didn't bother me with like Animagus or anything like that. It's it's the unknowingly and like against your will being turned into an animal just terrifies me. It makes me so uncomfortable. So like when I watched this, I was like, oh my God, like this is the thing I hate the most in the world. And then you see like the little soot sprites and they're like, you know, and you're okay. (laughs) And they get a little star candy. And And you're watching Ghibli. Yeah. Um, Life is good. Can I? It, it, this this uh, in the U.S. ratings has a PG-13 rating. Some of those things are disturbing. I mean, it's yeah. Well, or yeah. even like you think about um, it's a fair like, bit of blood. You do see you do <laughs> see a fair bit of blood. Yeah, right? with Haku. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But and then like I don't know, like just I I love the relationship the, between like, the disembodied heads. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys freaked me out when I was younger. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. But then, like, the relationship between, like, Chihiro and Lin is just so sweet. Oh, uh, so that cute. is, I will say, that is actually the only, this like, in the English dub, hmm. this is the only voice that kind of makes me go, huh. And you know why? It's because it's, it's Meg. From Hercules. Yeah, it's and Susan Egan. She has such a distinctive voice, too, that it's like, every time I hear that, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know who that is. Well, and I don't recognize voices. She's got the same attitude as well, right? Like she's got the same like ugh. She's in she's in Porco Rosso as well, and she has a very similar attitude. I know, right? But again, like this is it's totally my jam. It's that whole like we are the setting is the spirit world, but it is connected to the real world, right? It's that that Mm -hmm. whole like can be transported to this amazing like other oh it's just beautiful like the, the talking for the little frog like i love the little like <laughs> they don't, it doesn't really yeah. make sense like you have to hold your breath to go across a bridge i love it mm-hmm. yeah it just makes um, my heart happy yeah so this is one of my favorite examples of like miyazaki is so so good at putting in these absolutely minuscule details that just yes. like that make the, that you remember the, yeah, and they make the characters again like they are real people. Like he fully San, when fleshes she, them out. Yeah, like tiny itty bitty details where San like puts her shoes on and then like taps her toe against the ground to like make mm. sure that the shoe is properly situated. I'm like, that's something that no one thinks to put in animation, but Miyazaki did because he's like, that's what children do. That's how kids put shoes on. And I'm just ah, it's so good. Also, also the soot sprites are so cute, so and they cute. are so expressive yet they have absolutely no dialogue so the soot sprites only make those little squeaking noises and yet they absolutely are fully fleshed out characters and i love them and i would die for them like they're so 
expressive and emotive without actually saying anything. It's just great. And they eat sprinkles. And they eat tiny little star candies and it's just very, so very cute. cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's very cute. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me. I really All don't think this movie the has any. The transformation is a little spooky. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my, but but again, like that just it, our weakness, that's, that's just, a pretty amazing. No, it's just a yeah. Like it, it's so visceral that reaction with me. I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like there are a lot of moments in the film that are that have that kind of visceral. Like I, mine with is no when face. she's with no, not even with no face with the the like it's a stink spirit. Oh, and the river she's spirit. Like, yeah, that ends up not being a stink spirit. It's a river spirit. But oh, when sorry, she's spoiler. like, yeah, whoops. <laughs> But when she like takes, the, so, takes yeah. the thing from him and this like shiver goes up her body, I'm just like, ah, yeah. Because you know exactly. You feel that along with her. You don't feel you? it. Yeah. It's again visceral, just like you said, Kelsey. So this is just a personal taste thing. So it's not a weakness in the movie. But once you just describe, that's a long sequence getting to the point we discover that it's the river spirit and in that bath and the, the, the solutions and all that stuff. And I, I think it does sort of move the plot along. I was critical of Princess Mononoke for a couple of, you know, not being as invested in a couple of the side characters and subplots. So I have to, I suppose, be critical of that sequence in, in some ways. It just wasn't my favorite part of the movie. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just wasn't my favorite mm -hmm. part of the film. And it felt like there's, there's so much other stuff going on in the main plot. And I guess I... There is. No, sometimes sure. I feel like I, I maybe am more invested in the main plot. And when we start to kind of go into these side sequences, which are mm -hmm. colorful and interesting maybe they detract a little bit. So that's me stretching to, to find mm -hmm. a criticism for my myself, just so that I, I feel like I've done, I've done my due diligence here. <laughs> this one's, like, it's so hard, because, like, he, like, Miyazaki does what he does so well, right? Mm -hmm. it's the it's consistently, you're right, we have to, we have to find something to cr critique, right? Because, like, the, this is the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard like he, he knows his craft very yeah. well yeah. i don't like, like it granny demands to be called granny you could ask <laughs> yeah. no i like it it's very cute but i actually feel like it's, it's book ended beautifully because we start off in the car mm. going into the place but so much mm. has happened and yeah. this girl who had no confidence and was scared now is not really that scared of anything, including yes. moving to this new place. And that just seems to me so clear from beginning to end. So when you talk about the, the amount of growth for our protagonist compared mm -hmm. to the, they all learn something in these movies, but yes. this just the beginning to the end is beautifully pieced together. Mm -hmm. The parents are not, again, this is another one where the parent characters are, there's not that much to them, but mm -hmm. The point of the story is like they they're pigs and they turn into pigs and they have to be rescued by their daughter which is kind of kind of kind of a cool idea mm -hmm. but yeah i i think this one maybe to me had the best ending of the six yeah mm -hmm. yeah maybe not the best beginning princess mononoke i think is the best beginning uh, best opening sequence mm -hmm. but yeah. the ending was about perfect for me for mm -hmm. yeah. away so it's a bunch <laughs> The movie that gets the most attention is a little bit overpraised in the mix, but I don't mm. think this is an overpraised. I don't think it's undeserved praise, though. No. Well, yeah. No. Like, it definitely deserved the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I love the and transition. Maybe some more categories that could have been nominated yeah. for the music mm -hmm. score. Mm -hmm. and, and Every other. Ghibli movie should be nominated for music score. Right. Agreed. Right. But and, it's and, fine. And it really, hasn't happened. Yeah. No. I adore the transition between like the like our world and the spirit world like that mm -hmm. always oh out. yeah I think of it like how like when that when it start you start seeing the shadows uh kind of, like start working at the stalls and you just like I just it's so yeah we that know music. that visually these music yes yes like the mm. just everything it's haunting it is it's haunting it's, but still magical like I didn't yes. know how to yeah. do that. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking for the word as well because like there is like again the that there the you get such the a nice girl reaction to like the fact that her parents are turning into pigs, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the it's not the rest of the transition isn't like it's it's really it's it's hypnotizing. It's very yeah. like just you're yeah. so drawn into it. I'm like I want to see it though. It's so it's so beautiful. I mm -hmm. love it. A beautiful film people need to check it out if they haven't yeah. seen it Absolutely. very accessible i think Maybe yeah one of over, one of the things i really love too is because this is this was my first ghibli movie oh. uh yeah the first one that I, so it does it does have the nostalgia factor for mm -hmm. me and also the idea and i don't know if they ever actually say this in the film but the idea that like once you've met someone you never really forget them i don't know why but as a young child that like really really resonated with me it's a beautiful one check it yeah. out beautiful film yeah. it away from master filmmaker hayao miyazaki the director of the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away. That is ancient sorcery. And quite powerful, too. This summer, experience the epic tale of a young woman transformed by a mysterious curse. Well, that's really me, isn't it? An enchanted moving castle. This is a magic house. And the one wizard powerful enough to set her free. This charm will guarantee your safe return. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli production of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Hold on. This June, Journey to amazing new worlds. Find me in the future! Aboard Howl's Moving Castle. I think I've watched Howl's Moving Castle twice now. Uh, I think both times have been in English, and that's prejudicing my review a little bit because this is one I haven't seen in Japanese. I I have this feeling maybe I'm one of those snobs you were talking about wanting it to be in Japanese. I don't know, but maybe I would appreciate it a little bit more. What I like, I'll start off with what I like about it, then we'll I'll get into plot. It addresses some things that that animated movies or movies in general don't normally address. One of them happens to be ageism. Mm -hmm. The other one mm -hmm. is about, like what actually is beauty. I, I, I like I like those those themes that are uh, hinted at uh, throughout. And again, I I like the main character. I'm not sure I'm crazy about every character in this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I am in some of the others. So uh, this is, uh, the plot is, it's a love story between an 18-year-old girl named Sophie who's been cursed by a witch and turned into an old woman. She's living in an old woman's body and starting to appreciate how that is. You know, you can't move quite as fast uh, as being in a, a young girl's body. And uh, she encounters a magician named Howell. She's under the curse. And Sophie sets out to seek her fortune, which takes her to Howell's strange moving castle. In the ca castle, Sophie meets Howell's fire demon, which uh, we'll get to in a moment, named, please correct me on this one, Kirishifa. Well, you're doing the Japanese yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. Kirishifa? So, yeah. Is that in I, I know him as I think that is. Hold on. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen it written down. Just give me one second. Anyway, the uh, name is Calcifer. Yeah. Calcifer is oh, one. Yeah, I, yeah, Calcifer was in the, yeah, the one I yeah. saw. Synopsis I'm reading has the actual Japanese name, which is kind of cool. Seeing that she's under the curse, this demon. So this is, uh, sometimes the demons are, are not so great in these films, but this is a helpful, uh, good natured demon, I guess. Uh, makes a deal with Sophie that if, if she breaks a contract he uh, is under with Howell, then he will lift the curse that Sophie is under and she will return to her 18-year-old shape. And then she'll be about the right age to, for lack of a better term, hook up with Howell because he's a good-looking <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> good young uh, magician and uh, there's no doubt in, in how they've designed him. And so good-looking uh, Christian Bale, maybe not as good-looking as <laughs> Uh, the voice, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, of Howell in this this movie, uh, as well as several other celebrities. Like Tina Malark. Uh, <laughs> Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, young Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. Emily Mortimer plays the young Sophie, a terrific mm -hmm. British actor. She's Here, great in Mary Poppins Returns. Here's my <laughs> problem. The distraction for me with the English dub, uh, which is the only way I've, I've, I've ever experienced this, is a comedic actor I love. I absolutely love <laughs> Crystal. One of my favorites. But every time he speaks, I am totally distracted. And I mean, he's doing an earnest enough job with the, the voice work he does. And it, it's fine. I don't find myself distracted when I'm watching Monsters, Inc. And, and he's, he's uh, and his, his voice work in there. But in this one, for some reason, I'm just like, that's Billy Crystal. That's Billy Crystal. Every time he speaks. So <laughs> See, that's super funny because every time I hear Billy Crystal speak, I'm like, it's Calcifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the reverse happening here. But yeah. Calcifer is kind of a character that feels like a colorful side character, yet is incredibly important to the plot of this movie. But if I'm distracted during that part, and then I, I do find Howell to be a little bit of a, for lack of a better term, a, a bit of a weenie. Um, He's a weenie. <laughs> yes! And that's what's... That's what's endearing about him, though, is that he grows. I guess it's supposed to be, you know, they weren't using the term metrosexual as much at that point, but he, he's supposed to be androgynous, uh, perhaps. Yeah, he, he's not mm -hmm. like the Disney princes or whatever who are. Yeah. Like, no, he is decidedly not. <laughs> but I, I never really connect with him either. Fair. So, yeah. so I, I, I like the story. I like Sophie, that character, but I just have trouble with a couple of characters in here. Which, if I'm looking for criticisms in the movie, as I was for these six movies, this one I like, but I don't love. That's a fair, fair yeah. characterization. Mm -hmm. See, is it better uh, in Japanese? Go, Julie. Um, 
It's kind of hard to say because it's the same story. I mean, watching it in Japanese, I think would definitely remove the element of like, that's Billy Crystal because it's not. <laughs> fun fact, Billy Crystal does not voice Calcifer in the Japanese dub. Also, fun fact, in Japanese, Calcifer's name is the same, but because of the way the Japanese language works, it's pronounced like Karushifa is how they would speak phonetically spell calcifer okay. so it is the same name so yeah there's that definitely i mean you don't get the the recognition of the voice actors at least i i don't watch enough uh things in japanese to recognize any of the voice actors the dialogue is pretty similar like they've done in general they tend to do a pretty good job and they hire people specifically to do a really good job of keeping the dialogue so that the intent and the the purpose behind the dialogue is the same but still trying to match the mouth movements. Neil Gaiman actually wrote the English dub script for Princess Mononoke. I'm not sure who did Howl's Moving Castle but they, they hire people to yeah. do a faithful translation but not so faithful that things become lost in the literalness of it. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a faithful translation with yeah, with the intention kept the same right. for each line. So I, I I enjoy watching it in Japanese with the English subtitles. It might help you become more immersed in it. I don't know. And visually, it's so interesting. I mean, the, the oh, moving yeah. castle is quite oh. a... I was going to say, yes. the one thing about this movie versus the other ones is that it's not as much nature-based. It's a lot mm. more industrial. And I think the housing mm. is so stunning. The yes. flower shop slash hat shop, oh, whatever pretty. it becomes, yeah. is so pretty. Yeah. And the detail yeah. in all of the little tiny jewels and everything on the walls oh. and in Howell's bedroom, his bedroom oh. is fantastical. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, so yes. it's a lot more about the indoors kind of than the outdoors yeah. in this one, I feel well, like. Well, and, and even like, I know, so I know that Mononoke had an element of romance right like there was definitely that and mm -hmm. like that implication but this is i think the one that we're really talking about i know that um again like we we've said like there's always love it's just it's not always romantic love this is our romantic love like this is and yeah and i think that that's maybe i agree with you jason like i love sophie i love like i mean mm -hmm. i love this movie like i will say I, I do i love this movie very much um but i don't know if i love the romance i like i don't I, I guess just i how almost makes me like he's he's too suave and i know that that's maybe part of like his like when he when he when his hair comes out the wrong color and he freaks out like that's kind of like i love the, that scene. the crack that's the crack in the barrier right that's probably like a, a facade right mm -hmm. but it makes me uncomfortable like his his facade is just so i'm like if somebody came up to me and was like that like i just that makes me uncomfortable like it's mm -hmm. it's overkill right and and again like he it's the hair right like that's that's the moment <laughs> that you see him actually freak out and not be this swab like divinaire and, and that suave yeah. debonair guy like makes me kind of cringe a little bit yes he's but much was, better once his hair changes it, yeah he is. <laughs> yeah for sure like you see that vulnerability right he's not yes just, Sophie, you've ruined yeah. my life yeah. Yeah, boy yeah, needed a little humbleness like, yeah but at the same time you're like god it's hair right <laughs> like, yeah. but she does <laughs> kind of yell at him for that she's she like does. this is a which, ridiculous yes, thing to be upset about oh, which i, I enjoy yeah. i love sophie sophie is such a badass sophie? lady character oh sophie yeah. sophie is like so 
here's here's the thing about Sophie. She wakes up and is an old woman. Yes. And is just and like, like right. okay, this is my life now. Like without question, she's like, yep, I guess yep. I'm cursed. Gonna go yep. figure out how to deal with this. And it, and just I don't know. Something about that is just like the matter of fact way that she deals with everything, including being aged at least 50 years overnight, is just like I love that. I love that about her. She's like, all right. Mm-hmm. I guess this yes. is my life now. The scene of her going up the stairs is actually, I think, my favorite <gasps> scene. I have <sighs> weird, I have like these weird one second bits in every movie that I watch. That's my favorite, and for some reason, that one really sticks out to me. And it's one moment though. It's when she waves her hands at the Wicked Witch, and it's just the way that she does it that <laughs> the animation is so weird. I just love it. Yeah, I also really um, like the dogs. Keen. I don't know why, but the dogs. Keen, he's great. <laughs> Uh, but like he's got like paws. Like, he has like yeah. three paws or something. He has like chicken yeah, feet almost. It's very so strange. Sorry. I love it. Okay, no, we're I talk love about chicken feet in the next movie, guys. <laughs> we'll get there. Ah, yes. So this, like, at, speaking as someone who has also read the novel House Howl's Moving Castle, very different. Which you not... all should. It's amazing. Yeah, it doesn't uh, but do it's... the book justice. Well, see, here's the thing. It's it's a different story than the mm-hmm. book is. It's it draws a lot of inspiration and reference from the novel, but it is not a retelling of the same story. And I mm-hmm. think in the novel, Hal is a little bit more like we start to see his humanity a little bit sooner. Yeah. Or at least there's there's more time for that to develop. I do think it's, yeah, it, it's kind of an abrupt change in the movie, whereas in the novel, it's drawn out a little bit more and it makes <laughs> a little bit more sense. It is and um, it isn't because there are little nuances in the movie that mm-hmm. you have to, if you don't know that that's what the book was intentionally directed yeah. to think about you would miss it one of the main things is how knows that Sophie is under this curse like he can see that she is young this whole time and you kind of get hints of that when she's asleep and he opens the curtain and sees her young that's what that is meant to be alluding to but that is lost in the translation I think from the book unfortunately because I think yeah Yeah. they they flesh out Howell's I don't know brain his IQ a little bit more Even I'd love to read the book and then watch the movie again. Like again, I want yeah, definitely do it because I love this. I like it's. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's so. It's, I have a copy of the book somewhere. I think I loaned <laughs> it to someone. I will get it back and I will loan it to you. Yay! I'm doing so a book yeah. swap. Yes. <sighs> Jealous. Can you FaceTime me, Jason? You should also read the book yeah. if you haven't already. Uh, it's good. I think I maybe I appreciate the movie more. I read the book, even the, the reverse could happen. Well, I was gonna say, I think the reverse might happen actually with you. I could <laughs> see the reverse happening because that's yeah. That's Just you do point. have to keep in mind that the movie was not meant to be a like a a, a shot for shot like mm-hmm. revamp of the novel. It wasn't meant yeah. to yeah. be identical, and that's an interesting thing. The author had a lot of not a not a ton of like input into the creation, but at like some input into the creation. And when it was finished, she was like, "I can see that it has evolved." to be a different story than the one I was telling in the novel, but I still like it. It's still, it keeps the heart and the the heart and soul of the story without being a completely faithful retelling. And I think that's kind of cool because a lot of a lot of novel to movie adaptations I find frustrating because it's not that, but like knowing that it's not that and it was never meant to be that, I think maybe will help a little bit. Well, yeah, it's the intention, isn't it? Because yeah. like, it intends to make, like, I just want it to be like the book and then 
you see the movie and it's like then it- yeah they're different mediums and that's what i'm starting mm-hmm. to accept yeah. as i get yeah. a little bit older and i usually if there's a, a book i absolutely love that's been turned into a film i'm gonna end up seeing it anyway i've learned to not expect that much and then i'm usually happy if i expect a lot then i end up being disappointed in it, uh in it no, no matter what sure. so yeah, yeah that's how i watch every movie yeah. <laughs> just go in hoping for the worst and it ends up being great the worst, I'm surprised. that's a I've always ex- pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the quote? If you expect, if you expect the worst, you're never disappointed, and sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. There you go. I feel like Tom told us that. Probably. <laughs> I've heard that, so it must have been Tom. Here's um, one more can of worms to open up before we uh, move on to our next film. Do you think that Sophie would have told, been honest, and told Hal off? as frequently if she didn't have kind of the uh the body of the older woman nope. if she was the 18 year old no think she no. Would, no she wouldn't i think which is i think a curse was a benefit for her i think it helped her accept that her appearance was not mm-hmm. as important as society deemed it to be because mm-hmm. yeah everyone that she met didn't care that she was old yeah they just cared about her person which is interesting it's, it's kind of a cool uh statement too on the like there's something that we see as being like very liberating for her about like i'm old so i can do this and nobody can say anything about it and like that's yes i don't know i aspire to be the kind God, of old person wait. that sophie was Totally. You know, like she's just like, yeah, 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 exactly. Zero fucks given <laughs> about what anybody else thinks because she's like, I'm, I'm 80 years old. I do what I want. Let's make it a shirt. Yes. Sophie. Yep. Zero fucks given. <laughs> Still. I would buy it. Wear it every day. Also, yeah. shout out to Turnip Head. Turnip Head, you rock. You're the best oh, character. Yeah. You hold this movie together. I love you. Can I? I can say, I? Can we give? Oh, sorry, you go. No, no, you go, because I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangential rant. Okay, all I wanted to say was that can we give, um, can we can we comment on Sophie's, like, name-giving abilities that she literally sees? <laughs> She's like, mm, turn up head. Your head's head a turn up? You're a scarecrow with head, turn a turn up for head. Turn up head. head. Sorry. Because old people yes. can do stuff like that, and it's endearing. Call a spade a spade is a turn up head. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Literal naming conventions. Like, exactly. Mm, yeah. So good. Okay, can so turn up yeah. head is kind of... An interesting, like, we don't understand the significance of Turnip Head until the very end of the film. But there's something that I really like about it where it's like, so it turns out, uh, how spoilery can we get? Extremely spoilery? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it turns out that Turnip Head's curse was. Uh, that he was cursed to be that scarecrow and the curse was broken by a kiss from his true love which turned out to be a kiss from Sophie and I don't know why but I love 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 the idea that she might be his true love but he might not be hers Mm -hmm. and that's okay I don't know something about that just like spoke to me on a spiritual level of like just because just because someone else is your true love doesn't necessarily mean that you're theirs and and it's okay and it's Mm -hmm. gonna be okay and I just really liked that because we place a lot of emphasis in our society on there's one person for everyone and you have to find that person and it's like but what if what if you're not their person that's then then you're like well I guess that's it that was my only opportunity (laughs) yeah guess I guess 
guess I'll die then. But like, no, it's clearly that's unrealistic. It's okay, and life goes on, and mm -hmm. you know, you can still both be happy. I think everyone has multiple soulmates, and I don't think that they're all romantic. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of loved how that was. It was like slipped in there that like, oh yeah, Mm. a kiss from your true love is what broke the curse, and it's like ah, so obviously Sophie is his true love, but like, but true love might be friendship. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many different like. Yeah, I don't know. I just loved that. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. such a nice, wholesome moment. Oh, turnip head. Well, I think it's really hard. Oh, turnip head. Right away, because just in this world, you just accept things. If you're going to fight yes. the logic of these movies, they're not meant for you. Yeah. I remember sitting down with my old roommate and like getting her to watch these, and I'm like, okay, so here's the thing you need to understand. Shit's going to happen that's not going to make any sense, and you just got to go with it. You just got to go yeah. along for it. It's go, just go, magic. Come along. Come along. Come play with me. Come play with me yeah. in space. Come play with me. <laughs> no, but I, I I really like that idea of like yeah, your true love may not be a romantic love, your soulmate may not be a romantic relationship, and I think especially as you like you know become an adult, like that's I feel like I have a couple of soulmates, and not none of them are romantic, but it's just like uh, yeah. Else like who you are like that you can just be totally yourself with and like it's that's such a powerful relationship it really is right mm-hmm. and, and like, that's again it's it's there is this one is the romance out of all of them like the most romance yeah. right but yeah but they all have an like again it's, there's, I've there's said it, I'll stop saying it that love without being like a I'm in love yeah <laughs> there doesn't need to be the romantic love it to make it a complete story yeah exactly yeah. we kind of like i feel like in western storytelling the idea of romantic love is like absolutely shoved down our throats at every oh, opportunity yeah. it is. so taking a step away from that the ghibli movies are a really refreshing like reminder that not all love is romantic love romantic mm-hmm. love isn't the only kind of love that matters in fact for a lot of people it's not going to be the most important kind of love in their lives or in their story and it's like right. that's all good mm-hmm. love is love is good no matter what form it takes the only one i can i can't remember if there's uh, a romantic angle is, is totoro i don't think nope. it's much in that one i uh, mean um, but but Satsuki like and the little boy i mean they have a crush on each other potentially it's, 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 oh yeah there's like a hint of that it's but, hinted at. yeah yeah it's still love right it's just it's the fam- familial right it's yeah, sisters and anyway, I'm, I'm proud to say with Howl's Moving ca- Castle in our review of it, we were able to use both the spoiler and uh, the language warning in, in there. Yes. So, hey, I'm amazed it took us this long to say fuck. And yeah, I can't believe. Sorry, the language warning, and then there's nothing. You know. So. Yeah, we got to give the people what they want. Trying to keep it peaceful. And I assume what they want is curse. Sasuke, come right back up, okay? Okay. You never know when you'll meet someone. A goldfish. Who will change your life forever. That was weird. Mom, a goldfish. I saved her. She sure is pretty. Don't worry, I'll take good care of you. I think I'll call her Ponyo. She wasn't like any other fish. She might be magic. This fish. I will be a human too is getting her wish. Huh? Mom! She's a girl now! Life is mysterious and amazing. Sosuke, look at me! Hey, this is fun! Ow! 
on August 14th. I can't believe it. She's turned into a human. I need to ask for her mother's help now. So what's your mother like then? She's big and beautiful. But she can be very scary. Just like my mom. <laughs> Something magical will be unleashed. That's really weird. And the world may never be the same. What's wrong? I've never seen the ocean like this. The moon is forcing the ocean to rise. Don't worry, everything's going to be okay. I promised Ponyo I'd take care of her. Walt Disney Studios presents... What is that? A Studio Ghibli film from Hayao Miyazaki, the Academy Award-winning director of Spirited Away, comes an extraordinary motion picture event about the wonder of nature. This is fantastic! The power of friendship. Don't let go of my hand. And the spirit of adventure that lives over and under the sea. Ready? Let's go! I didn't think of Ponyo being the newest of these six. I, I don't know why that is, but it was 2008, so it's only 12 years old, really. And its story, it, to me, this is honestly, I, I've, I've gone along with this world and all of these worlds. This one is just whacked. I just it's don't so know weird. how else to describe this this film. It's Miyazaki's <laughs> telling of the Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah you can't. That's, that's what I've, he said. He has said I've, that. That makes a lot more sense to me. Thank you. I, now I'm starting to... Yeah, he said yeah. that in an interview. I watched also, a lot of the special features. So I've come to the conclusion that you can't really explain the plot of Ponyo without no. sounding at least a little bit crazy or a little bit stoned. That's it's why just I'm a fact. Some stoned person on the internet who is... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a, a much more concise synopsis than me trying to explain this, this thing. So a son of a sailor, five-year-old Suzuki? Uh, Sa Satsuki. Satsuki. Okay, Satsuki, okay. Uh, oh, no, Sosuke, Sosuke. Sosuke. Sosuke and Ponyo. Lives a quiet life on an oceanside cliff with his mother, Lisa. Then one fateful day, he finds a beautiful goldfish trapped in a bottle on the beach. And upon rescuing her, names her Ponyo. We get the at the beginning the backstory of how she ends up on that beach, but um, she's no ordinary goldfish. She's the daughter of a masterful wizard and a sea goddess. Ponyo uses her father's magic to transform herself into a young girl and quickly falls in love with, one more time, Sasuke. 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 Is it Sasuke? Uh, yeah. In English. Just based, on the, based on the Japanese spelling of it, it would be Sasuke. Little baby Cyrus says, Sasuke. Sasuke. Ponyo loves Sasuke. This sorcery that Ponyo has causes a dangerous imbalance all through the world. And if the moon steadily draws nearer to the earth and Ponyo's father sends the ocean's mighty waves to find his daughter, the two children embark in an adventure of a lifetime where they must save the world and fulfill Ponyo's dreams of becoming a human girl. Um, this movie is whack. And this is the second one where there's a really overt environmental message in there. Because mm -hmm. the water where Ponyo comes from and all of these other little mini pods of Ponyo folks, which Ponyo's I don't know. Ponyo's sisters. Her sisters. 
who are just bizarre creations, is very slimy, polluted water. So I don't know if it's a comment on pollution throughout <laughs> continent of Asia or the world and you know recognizing there are creatures who live in the water whose lives are being altered and mutated because of what we as humankind have done to the world or what but maybe that's me reading too much into this cutesy little bizarre film which I think is one that children could watch yes but it, it is I, I like some I'm a wacky person myself and I like some pretty wacky movies. This is one I've it's so colorful, but I have trouble grasping onto it like I was able to with, with the other five. So mm-hmm. I was uh, critical of Howls, but there are more things I can say that I recommend about Howls than, than with Ponyo, as much as I was just so entertained by what I was watching. So I don't know if, if you three want to defend it uh, a bit more, because you said you love all six of these movies. So I mean, Ponyo's a weird film. It's a weird oh, one. <laughs> like, there's, there's oh. no other way to say it. It's a weird no. film. Like, and that's... All of the Ghibli films are weird to some degree, Mm. right? Like, there's always kind of, you have to have that suspension of disbelief. Ponyo is a weird film. Yeah. It's really I just, you guys go. Weird movie. I, I no, just, and if you know that and you like weird movies, just sit mm. back and enjoy the ride, I guess. <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. Um, I really like, and again, like I know we've talked about the visuals a lot, which mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to talk about in this one. I like that yes. it's really like, so I know that we have had like some waterscapes and all that, but the ocean scenes in this film are so rich yeah. and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like they're, the or fish so dip- yeah it's so, so cool different the waves are alive you've seen in the other films that i just like when i rewatch it i'm just like I, I just experiencing it after having not having seen it for a while i'm like it's so beautiful yeah it and is it's visually it's so stunning so stunning and like the mu- the music that goes along with it at the ve- at the beginning is just yeah mm-hmm. um it's always saying that but the music's great in all these movies yeah i know and uh, yeah like i said like there he does his, Show he does she. his crap, right yeah um and i just love the little i actually i wrote down so many just little moments that made me giggle like i think it's a really fun film to watch like like you for said, sure weird, but i think it's you just go along for the ride like the when the the, the the wizard with like Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, Fujimoto. Is, yeah, right. but like he's got his water squirter and he's like squirting and she's like what are you doing and he goes this is like he just says like this is the purest ocean water like just he's like, offended like, how dare you not know about you should know this uh, i'm gonna like, dry out kills- can't you tell i'm yeah. an ocean wizard the doy duh yeah uh, or like just like little like that little there's i i, I just wrote a whole bunch of like in so and so Sosuke is in preschool <laughs> and like he tells that one of the little girls he's busy and she goes you're not busy you're five yes <laughs> that line is so good because it's so it's, true she's just like no you're, you're not, not you're busy. five you're five like, dumbest thing yeah i don't know and maybe it's because like we all work with like like i i work with small kids hope works with small kids and julia has yeah. as well i don't know like maybe that's yeah I just, I, I enjoy that is definitely a thing that a kid would say I very oh, much absolutely. see actual yeah. small children I've worked with in these kids. 
yeah or like I say I, I one of my notes is most dissatisfied ice cream cone shot ever so like when so <laughs> I wrote that, that <laughs> and I love that his mom licks it for him because he's yeah. so sad yeah. oh my god he's have so you ever seen a boy <laughs> so sad eating anything especially okay guys we haven't talked about Miyazaki's food yet oh my god I'm not sure how we made it to the sixth movie and haven't talked about food no yet yes because the spirited away because the only thing you can say about Miyazaki's food is oh my gosh mm. I want it I will say it's a lot more prevalent in the mundane type movies mm. like the, yeah. the Ponyos the Whisper of yeah. the Heart the uh, yeah. From, yeah. Up on yeah. from Up on Poppy Hill the food mm. yeah. is very one. good yeah. looking it's there got is, a lot of crispy things but there is a fantastic scene in Howl's Moving Castle where the she's eggs. trying to cook the breakfast um, the bacon I don't even eat mm. eggs and like oh, the bacon and the fried eggs in that scene are just mm. so pristine also it spawns the line and mayo your bacon burn which is a yes but which is mostly the bacon looks so good it does look good and in this one the one thing that sticks out for me with food is because ponyo is experiencing human food and that's a big <gasps> aspect of her character and her love of ham is maybe yes. the best thing of all the movies because she just screams ham ham she ham. just yells the word ham yeah. all the time uh, and the ramen the ramen looks very good so it makes good. me want to yeah. up my ramen game yeah, yeah. i also really enjoy the mom so much like She's there's great. one scene, the scene where the dad can't come home and she talks oh. to him on the phone and she just calls it. She goes jerk. And then she hangs up and cracks a beer. <laughs> she just cracks a beer. Yes. It's so yeah. real. The, I would say like Lisa is the most relatable character in this whole, because oh, it's a wacky, yeah. it's a wacky wild shenanigan of a movie. And then there's Lisa and you're just like, yeah, that's me. I guess. She's what? just so accepting of it though. She just yes. is like, oh, Ponyo was a fish. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> She Again, it's this girl who takes everything in stride. Mm. Also, she found like a little kid and like didn't say anything. Like, That's she's saying, yeah. like oh, call, yeah, call the police. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's what he's doing. Well, again, Julia, like you say, maybe she's like, eh, he's just wandering. Free range kids. Free range kids. It's Free rural Japan. Kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll feed them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess so. I, I mean, that's it's similar to, to Totoro in that way, where the kids are alone a lot of the time as the, yes. uh, the movie yeah. goes along. But yeah, that's a part where I was just kind of like, as an adult, this girl serializer like I, I get you indulge the imagination of your five-year-old child mm -hmm. but okay well she just lives with us and there seems to be absolutely nobody connected to this child whatsoever now <laughs> in fairness though doesn't she show up and then it's immediately like a typhoon yes. yeah yeah so like, like there's a certain element of like all right there's a kid we're gonna there's also a typhoon we're gonna deal with that first you can mm -hmm. stay in the house <laughs> like she you know the nursing home almost seems more concerned during the storm with the nursing home than she is with her yeah i mean they live, on high, they live on high ground so it's like relatively mm -hmm. reasonable to assume that the two kids i mean they're way too young to be left they're alone five. In the house. you can't but... leave them overnight no not okay bad no. parenting lisa <laughs> i mean shame. yes shame lisa shame on your couch she's but, an interesting yeah. character but I, I, I feel like maybe my brain was working harder than it should in this one. Like, mm -hmm. why are 
are these real world things happening? But then there's so much like nothing in this story is real world outside of like it's set in a real world place and there's a mother mm-hmm. on and an old typhoons. Ty- there's typhoon season oh, is a real thing in Japan. Real. Yeah, that's real as well. But uh, I don't know how many uh, fish girls. Um, no, no, that part is. Well, and I she's mean, also in fairness, like a- I didn't see all of the fish in Japan, but. She's also half chicken looking sometimes. Her weird yes. transition <laughs> of, of human, human to chicken to fish is like real weird. Yeah. Not sure on that. I don't transition. know why. I don't know why chicken person is halfway between fish and person, but I love it. I love it. It's my favorite. I wish she stayed like that for the whole movie. <laughs> I really do think that it is one that you just kind of have to go along for the ride. Like I really like when you go in just enjoying those small moments, like that's where my love of it comes from. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. When I was taking notes, like I said, most of my notes are quotes for this one. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't know if that means that I'm, (laughs) I think you, 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 that it's one I appreciate. I, I, I think I, you just have to appreciate for what it is. You have to. Yeah. It's so, it's like, it, well, it's like if a little kid wrote a story. Like it yes. doesn't. Yeah, sense. I was it's gonna say the perspective of a, of a five-year-old. And have you ever heard a five-year-old tell a story? Yeah. Like it's all over the place. Yes. They're so, so good. I don't know. Like maybe that's- you definitely have to turn off your adult brain and turn yeah. on your kid brain for this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I didn't seem to, and I, I was able to without oh, the other movie, yeah. which is strange in a way. And this was towards the end of the movie. Some I saved till the very I saved spirited away for the very end there, but right. this was late in in watching the six that I. I saw this and I just don't know why I was fighting it that much. But if we had a thing where all of this was in the five year mind, yeah. and thinking a little bit too down to earth and too psychological about this, yeah. then, or if it's kind of like a Wizard of Oz type of a thing where, oh, okay, this was all part of, you know, the kid was in some sort of a coma or, or something. And, and this but was we'll the world. never know. Like it just it reminds me of going over to my friend's house and her little guy who's five will grab me by the hand and I'll say, Kelsey, do you want to see my fish? This is my fish. His mom and dad are dead over there. Do you want to like it's this little voice? Like and yeah. he just ta- he tells these stories and you're like, it's the train of thought is so all over the place. But like there there is a story there, you know. But like the details <laughs> kind of get you're like, okay, so now we're at the bottom of the sea, but we're still in the old folks' home. And <laughs> And, and everyone's really okay lady. with it. The old ladies yeah. can all walk and run uh, now. Like, also, they're good. Yeah. Also Magically healed. Because magic. Love. Like, the fact that <laughs> well, they have the old men. The old ladies are incredible. Lily yes. Tomlin's in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, she oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that, yeah. that old lady cast is amazing. And I, I am 100% here for it. They carry yeah. the movie. These movies yeah. have like, great older characters yeah. at yeah. the beginning there and are, are worth watching because of that. Yeah. Here's knowing that this was the the newest of the mm-hmm. six we're talking about. Here's my last can of worms before uh, we'll end mm-hmm. up uh, actually yes, assigning some points to these movies, which will be the hard part. Do you think he, given what he did with the previous films, do you think he talked what he did with Mononoke and Spirited Away and even Howl's Moving Castle, the movies that happened before this, with this movie? I think the reason I thought it was older was because it felt like the early stages of Studio Ghibli visually, as beautiful as the water animation was. 
do you think he he topped himself or tried to do something story wise maybe, but did he top himself visually with Ponyo? No, no. This, this feels like a diminishing returns versus the, the series of films that came before it. But yeah, maybe an extra hard on it. Well, I, well, I, I was going to say it's. I know that we're doing this based on the movies that you own, but uh, it's interesting to me that we uh, the six that we are doing because I think like uh, I think something like Porco Rosso would fit in better with a with the other five that we were talking about than yeah. something like Ponyo does. Yeah, largely because of the audience it's directed at. Like Ponyo I just, is, I think, at its heart, a children's film. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually going to say the same thing. I think that like I almost I I feel bad comparing it to Spirited mm-hmm. Away and Mononoke and Howls, right? Like where like yes, I could I I maybe I maybe wouldn't show Spirited Away just because of like like I said like it's very visceral reaction yeah. to a lot of the stuff. I I wouldn't necessarily show it to a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I feel bad kind of comparing the two because there's there's themes in there that they're approached I differently. Could, I could show it to a young kid, but they're not going to appreciate it, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like when I look at that as a kids movie, like when I look at Ponyo as like this is directed at kids, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like and again, I I just I say that from having shown it to like young kids and like they still will like it's it's become one of their favorites that they they bring along. Like mm-hmm. if they're going on road trips, I I just I feel bad comparing it to a Mononoke or like one of those other films that have like really mature, really complicated themes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would compare yeah. it to maybe like, like an Ari- like an Arietti. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say like of the list that we talked about, Totoro would probably be the one that most closely compares in its family friendliness no, but sure. but Absolutely. even Totoro has some of those like it goes a, it, it's a little bit deeper in the mm-hmm. the themes it that it explores and like Totoro and yeah there's there, there is that moment where like they are looking for May's body and I don't think I yeah. caught on that when I like when I was little but like mm-hmm. they're they're sweeping that pond because they think she's dead in there that's yeah. pretty yeah. that's dark yeah and it's a depth that I don't think Ponyo was ever intended to no to go to yeah so maybe maybe it's um, you know I, what I like about this is it's six movies mm-hmm. that show the range of him as a filmmaker right. oh, yeah sure. definitely yeah. and I, I do feel like I, I think five of the six of these, you could be a young, well, no. As, as far as I think something like Totoro, you could be five years old or you could be 50 years old or 500 years old and you're going to get Excellent. something out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, definitely. I don't know if if you're older or if, if you're you're thinking too hard or not putting, able to put your brain on hold, that it's going to yeah. work hard as well. Yeah, because of when Ponyo came out relative to when all of us were born, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was basically an adult when I saw Ponyo and for that yeah. reason it it doesn't have quite the same nostalgia factor or quite the same resonance that a lot of the other ones do just because I I loved it it was whimsical but I was acutely aware that I was watching a children's film right yeah oh, it definitely is like when you talk about like um like this would be an example of like if I'm like okay so if I'm gonna compare Ghibli to like Disney this is the yeah. one this is the yeah. one that this is why this is what makes me make that comparison it's yeah. it's not a perfect comparison I'm not but you you know what I mean like it's it's a yeah. lovely animated film for kid like geared for towards children. kids yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. this is just more wax than any Disney film could ever be oh, totally. oh yeah. yeah yes I think that that is 
something that goes along like you just have to like there in, in all the films films there's an element of you've just got to accept that like suspend your belief right suspend reality a little bit yeah i'd say go in with knowing what you're getting into and maybe right. you'll have a better time and maybe when when i revi revisit it if i'm allowed to depending on what happens here with the points but then I unlikely I'm thinking in a different way and I might have a different appreciation of it than I have right now. I would watch it with a kid. Like if you yeah. have yeah. a small human, I really if you have access to a small human. Yeah. No, you have yeah, I know you I know you do. Um but like because that I think has really impacted my appreciation for this movie, just like watching it with a kid, like and just seeing like the wow factor in their face is really cool mm. like that would change so it for me that's my recommendation watch it with a watch it with a watch it with a kiddo and see what their take is on it Kanye wants him all she thinks about is him mom i'm taking care of everyone dad I need to thank all three of you for uh, spending this time talking about these movies. And today was kind of, I don't want to say a bad day, but it was, it was just a, one of those, one of those days. And this has been oh, the highlight of the day. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for this and for uh, being willing to do this. And I hope all three of you either separately or together would be willing to come on the show again. This was cool to have a little bit of a, a group review show this time. Thanks for letting me uh, insert myself and Kelsey into the conversation right. so graciously via Facebook <laughs> oh, comments. Good. I'm very much volunteer. I mean, otherwise, this would have just been three hours of me talking about how amazing Mononoke is, how amazing Miyazaki is, and how amazing Hisaishi is. So, like, there was at least a little bit more variety. What's wrong with it? There's got to be something wrong with it. There's a weakness. No. Does there? Refused. Does there have to be? No. Julia would have a whiteboard in the background with old I would. Style, like detective. Oh, I what very is much the, Yeah, we need to. We need to go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about just a little bit of a different way? I guess. Um, we'll mention the movie, and then I'll go to each of you, and you give it the points total for each okay. one, and then we'll take a moment, talk amongst yourselves while I add it up, and I'll 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 give you uh, my my point totals. I'll I always go with which got the most points down to the lead point. Right. I'm going to so, write down what you guys did. Let's go with <laughs> the person who has known me the longest first. Kelsey, so I'm not to put you on the spot there, but my neighbor Totoro. I gave that one 12 points. That ranked pretty high for me, and I probably gave it like lots of points, like just even for nostalgia fact, like say nostalgia's sake, but like I really truly, when I think of Ghibli, like that's what comes to mind automatically. And like I said, like just like little personal connections make it really important, a very important film to me. So 12. Yeah. And hope for my neighbor Totoro. Uh, it got an eight for me. Eight points. I had a weird system that I ranked all of the movies out of dicks in six different categories. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what okay. happened. But I love that. I, I'll use Amazing. That yeah. Oh my can God, we ask, hard. At the end of this, can we go through and talk about how we rank them? Because I struggled yeah. with no, this. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you want to, as you talk about them too. That's, no, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll give you guys my category. And Julia, <laughs> how many for my neighbor Totoro? I gave it a nine. And um, I'm surprised that you ranked that higher than I did. Kelsey, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. I gave that a seven. Yeah, that's like I said, really, I blast on this. I know. Well, very I, like I said, it's it's very sweet. yeah. It's your not. It's like, not your go-to. Fantastic films. It's just um, not out of 
many like six very great films it's just kelsey they all have yeah. to rank somewhere i, I was gonna say what was it the number was eight seven 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 seven, seven. Yeah. seven. okay i gave my sweet girl kiki the top numero uno spot with a, uh, a hot 13 points 13 Dang. and julia that's my that's my favorite i gave it a 10 and now we come to princess mononoke kelsey i gave it an 11 I love it. And Hope. Went with a nine. It's like a weird middle ground for me because of emotions. <laughs> Fair. I don't know well, what that well, means. This because is your, emotions. your favorite movie of all time, as you've said. Yeah, so here, it, so. It, it took, I mean, can I just give it infinite points? No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> as, tempting, as tempting as it was to give all 60 to Princess Mononoke, I gave it a 14. It did take my top spot. It did get the most points, but mm -hmm. I, I gave it a 14. You're trying to spread the lava around a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're judging 60, when you're trying to distribute 60 points between six amazing movies, mm. you have to, you right. know, what has to happen. Spirited away now, Kelsey. Um, so that got my top spot. That got 13 points. I just love that I, I again, it makes me feel uncomfortable at times, but I think that range of emotion is really cool. And when a movie can make you feel like that, that's pretty impressive yeah. oh, eight points for spirited away 11 and julia i also gave spirited away 11 points all right agreement there what did you give it kelsey i forgot 13. 13. Howl's moving castle kelsey i gave that one a nine um i like i said i think that sophie's a fantastic character and i love calcifer i love like hopes that like the detail uh in the industrial like it's it's kind of it's different than what we see all the i, I always think of forests right like so much of it takes of his films take place in a forested area but yeah how just like it's cool it's like he's he's interesting i guess but i just i'm not don't you know, yeah. him all the time other characters <laughs> are more endearing perhaps mm -hmm. oh it is number two for me with a 12. Whoa. Nice. I just think the scenery, I, I don't know, I think the visual yeah. for me, the fact that mm. I like the lake, like I like the wasteland so much, mm. and then I love the city aspect. I just think it's so different. Julia, so what does Howl get? Oh, just one second, I wrote it down, and then I exited my sticky note. Howl got, oh, it got a 10. And then Ponyo, Kelsey, you were defending it uh, a bit yeah. more. Yeah. I gave that one an eight. So like I said, I I think it's such a fantastic kids film, but just like when I have, like if I have to give points to the other ones, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I just love, yeah, it's eight. Eight for me. Hope. Seven. Pretty close there. And Julia. Surprised by that. It gets a six from me. Six. And funny, that's the movie that we all saw together in Portland. I know. Oh, I knew it. I, I knew that we were going to all rank at the bottom. Lower. Well, yeah. Just funny we'll that see. that's Maybe the one we I saw together. It, uh, 30 points. We don't know. Seemed likely. Wait, do your points count? My points yes, count. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, oh, uh, all right. Uh, and normally it's a little bit more. These are all digital movies, so it's going to be a little bit different. But <laughs> the personal thing for me, giving away when it's normally a physical movie that I'm having to get rid of. So, mm -hmm. so that's why I do it in the guest of it and we try to make that. So, I see. Starting off with my neighbor, uh, Totoro, I gave that 11 points. Big sentimental factor, as was stated mm -hmm. before there. Yeah. Kiki's delivery mm -hmm. service. 
I, I really like it. The ending got me a little bit. So that puts a little bit down with nine points, but still, uh, again, I'm trying to spread out the points as much as possible. <laughs> Mononoke, Princess Mononoke jumped up in my esteem big time, but 12 points might seem kind of low, especially for Julia when it's your favorite movie, but super uh, fun. As I said, Spirited Away is my favorite of these six, and I gave it four yeah. points, which still doesn't sound like a lot. But again, when these are all fantastic movies, I have to spread the love. Yeah. Howl's Moving Castle, even though I was pretty hard on it, I, I did give it nine points. Same as Kiki's. I, I think it's worth seeing, and visually it is it is mm. it is amazing there. Ponyo, I, I hate to say it, but I gave it five points. What's interesting is we had um, eight, seven, six, five. So the, the, the big winner for points would be Spirited Away with 49. Princess Mononoke, only three points behind, 46. Tie for third uh, with my neighbor Totoro had 40 as did Howl's Moving Castle. Then Kiki's Delivery Service, very close, 39 points, one point behind. <laughs> Ponyo, 26 points, really. was. Uh, fun, yeah. But we, I, hopefully we balanced it out, out and said mm. good things about it. I would not discourage yeah. people from seeing oh, this Oh, yeah. No, no. no, it is a delight. So after much deliberation, Hope, Kelsey, and Julia determined that my punishment for Ponyo being the movie with the least number of points and the fact that it's a digital film is that I either have to lip sync shouting ham like Ponyo does in the movie or I need to watch Ponyo with a child and uh, see how that goes. So that's to uh, happen in the very near future. I want to thank them again for uh, this plan that they came up with in place of the movie leaving my movie shelf. So thanks again for uh, for being part of this. And just as I close out the show, I just want to remind people, uh, you can send me feedback by email at uh, shelfsheddingmovieshow at gmail.com. Uh, join the Facebook group, send a like. You can send some feedback through the Facebook group as well. Keep listening to this podcast. You can get it on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and Stitcher. Please, as we continue to live in a COVID world, moving into the fall here, fall is when we're recording. Please uh, take care of each other and uh, keep watching the movies.